we got numbers. All right, guys, it's episode number 426 of the Clean Motor Podcast. Light them up, boys. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, I forgot. Oh, that is an effervescent beverage right there. I'm having Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> it's what it says. It says Virginia. Uh, Virginia. Yeah, it's, uh, let's see what. Oh, that's certainly Virginia. Oh, that's so much Virginia. Holy crap. <laughs> I got a blackberry cider. I might get vagingivitis. Yeah, that's it. Chris, what are you drinking? I got a blackberry Blackberry. cider. Steve, are you still on the athletic? Yeah, athletic, but I'm also having a nice Skittles. uh... (laughs) And a Skittles aromatic? Yeah, a little Skittles. (laughs) Yeah, a little Skittles for you. There you go. And uh, Mr. McElfresh, what you drinking down there, buddy? I'm having a lemon shandy from, what is that? That looks like a thirsty dog. Thirsty dog. A thirsty dog. Uh, and I then got the, I got the pick a pack. Yeah, I did. You did bring it. That's where this Virginia came from. Is the pick a bot the <laughs> build your own six pack? Then uh, to his immediate left, Dan Kromke drinking double beast into the void. Into the void. Mister Kromke has had not one but two hernia surgeries. Mm. Ooh. So <laughs> you got you got a you got a tune up double tap. So how old was your first hernia? Yeah, not that old. Like three years. <laughs> Oh, that's scary. Still under warranty. I was going to say, mine is like five years old at this point. I'm really fucking scared. Do they put a mesh in or anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, I got, it's like I'm wearing underpants Harbor. under my skin. Harbor <laughs> <laughs> Freight mesh, though. <laughs> what are you eating under there? Underwear. Wait, but like, that's the, I mean, that's the terrible thing. So the first time you had that done laparoscopically, right? They went in through your belly button and they, they gave you a, a, a lingual, right? Right. Well, the first one was open. Open. Oh, open. Okay, great. So the first one was open. And then this double header you got. Was laparoscopic. Oh, the port and the starboard. Oh. Yeah, man. They fucking poked around in there and hurt everything. Oh, Oh, man. I feel for you. That is no fun. Who here at the table has had hernia surgery done? Anybody? Anybody else? Just had every other kind of surgery. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking awful, man. And you know, the worst thing is I was, I was kidding because when I had my, my first and only hernia surgery, about four or five months, I would be like, I do something mildly exertive, like coughing, right? Or I do something mildly exertive, like, you know, getting in or out of my truck the wrong way. And, and a thing would happen in like the kind of that thing where like you put your keys in your pocket and you forgot your keys were in your front pocket and you go, Oh, my keys are in my front pocket. Except that was my hernia jumping out of my abdomen. And then you'd reach down and you'd kind of pop it back in. And then you'd be okay for a while. But the sensation of when it was out was like, it wasn't like excruciating pain. It was just kind of like, this isn't right. But my mom was a hero. And my mom had a hiatal hernia that she popped back in herself by leaning on various different objects in the house. And she did this for about 14 years. And uh, we had a mechanic, Sparky, that worked for us. And he'd been nursing one for a long time as a young man. Dan, how long did you deal with your first hernia? Um, you know, actually, the one I just got fixed is my first hernia. That is your first hernia. Right. So they so, did. So I've, I've, that's been around for like 12 years. Oh, my God. And I, that's the one thing I learned is like, don't wait. Just fucking get it fixed right away. Oh, man. Oh, that is that is 
awful. Yeah, that is 12 well, years of that is What you awful. said, hernias are different because yeah. that one never bothered me. Yeah. The one that happened after that, I couldn't even stand to be on my feet for five minutes. Oh, was, okay. All right. Because the first excruciating. Because there is a thing where you're like, oh, I got my keys in my pocket. I shouldn't have my keys in my pocket. And pushing a hernia back in is like taking your keys out of your pocket. And you're like, oh, okay, we're good now. I took my keys out of my pocket. We're not going to have that problem again. But apparently your your number two hernia was like, not keys in the pocket. We got a problem. All right. Houston, we have a fucking problem. But uh, yes. I remember we went to visit one of Peggy's friends, and we went over to Grandpa's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grandpa had this thing going down his leg that looked like a horse cock. And, it was like, <laughs> and, that was his, <laughs> and that was his intestines. I'm like, oh God. what the fuck is that? And it was like, was he wearing thing. short shorts or something? He was wearing shorts, but I mean, but you couldn't, it was covered. Yeah. But you could just see this freaking thing that was halfway down to his knee. I'm yeah, like, like he'd stolen the sausage. We were like, I think he's got a really bad hernia. He's just fucking living with it or something like that. Wow. Or he's got a horse cock, but I don't right. know. <laughs> wow. 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 And so behind the bar tonight. On kinder note. No, he, his nickname is HFC. Yeah. Uh, behind the bar tonight is? Tom Pennington. And Tom Pennington's and behind the bar. it is National Dark and Stormy Day. It is National Dark and Stormy oh. Day. Oh. Yeah. I already had mine. Tom's had his. Yeah. yeah. Right. We're, we're launched into the Dark and Stormy. It is Dark and Stormy Day. Oh. Yeah. I'm which so is disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> generally, John wakes me up at like. At, at AMA Vintage Days, I'm like, yeah, I tend to, I tend to stay up a little late. And I woke up one morning and I was in such bad shape. I mean, I was in bad shape. And John was standing there with a dark and storm. And I was like, oh, that's how you know who your friends are. Yeah, I like to pack one over to you when you actually are working over in the... Uh I'll fill up the bubble mug for a lot of... Oh, ice. that was so good. And a nice dark and stormy while you're oh. Swap yeah, the, hot yeah, the Bob, the Bubba keg yeah. is like forty yeah. ounces of dark and stormy. <laughs> so good. It is the best thing ever. Yeah, it takes the edge off the old men. The uh, it's such a good thing. So uh, what we're talking about tonight, folks, not it, to be confused with white lightning or chocolate thunder. Thunder. Uh, what we're talking about tonight is we have two events coming up that are special to to us here at the podcast. The first event we're going to talk about is called Bandcamp. And Bandcamp is one of those weird things. Uh, I'm sure Burning Man also started out with like, what do you do? Oh, we're going to, we're going to the middle of the desert. We're going to burn a guy that we make out of wood. And then it got wildly out of control, right? <laughs> that's what happens. Well, Bandcamp was this thing for ages. You know, uh, our friends at the Pittsburgh Vintage Scooter Club put on a rally, put on a rally, put on a rally. And the rally would be like a city rally or whatever. But there is this piece of property that is called the Toronto Bandfathers, Toronto, Ohio, not Toronto, Ontario, Toronto, Ohio, down by New Somerset, Jefferson Township, that area, by the Ohio River, not that far from Steubenville. But uh, that area has this marching band practice field that happens to be on a big, beautiful piece of property that has a giant red barn on it. And the barn is set up to have a stage. And there's about a maybe 10 or 12 concrete cinder block cabins that are scattered around the property. And it's plenty fucking big because 25 years ago, maybe even a little longer, we used to do our Moto Guzzi rallies there and you could rent the place out and the Moto Guzzi people would show up on Saturday, camp out until Sunday and generally leave the place nice as they found it. And then the band 
uh, camp fathers do this for money. They make money for the band that way. And when the band's not there marching around practicing, they rent this place to various different groups that want to rent it. And that adds money to the coffers and pays for things. Well, when Pittsburgh Vintage Scooter Club figured it out, the first time we went there, we all looked around and went, this is too nice. We're never going to get invited back here again. We're going to break this place. Because scooter rallies have a tendency of breaking places. I've been to maybe a hundred rallies. We do. We, we do. We, we got kicked out we of Cape. Still- we got kicked out of Cape Cod. The entire Cape Cod. We, we can't go back to Charlottesville, Virginia. Can't go back there. Uh, there are many places where we have only been allowed to show up one goddamn time. Yep. And the people who owned it showed up on Friday night and went, you don't, I know you paid for the whole weekend, but tomorrow morning, as soon as the sun comes up, you're all leaving and you're never welcome back here ever again. Now, sometimes we've accidentally found bags of ammonium nitrate furniture or an ammonium nitrate, ammonium nitrate and fertilizer. Why are you looking at me? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you're breathing. And I'm breathing heavy. Stay yeah. back. Oh, there you go. Just, just a so bit. the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Things happen, like when somebody says, I found 40 bags of ammonium nitrate fertilizer, and somebody else goes, there's a dilapidated motorhome over there that's full of furniture. And somebody goes, well, let's take the sleeper sofa out of the dilapidated motorhome, and let's take the mattress out and put in three bags of ammonium nitrate fertilizer. And let's put that in the bonfire. There you go. Never welcome back there again. Uh, So that happened. Uh, somebody may or may not have shot a tractor. That happened. Not welcome back there again. Uh, so usually when we find a place that's too nice for us, yeah. we're generally like, this isn't going to last. But we're well over 20 years now in this one location. Even though I myself got kicked out. And you guys know me. I don't normally get kicked out of places. Well, we were coming back from a day excursion in my big black A-team van. And... There's a hill climb, lack of a better term. There's a hill climb. And I was I decided to do the hill climb, but not on a bike or a scooter. I did it in the van. But I crested with about four feet of Dukes of Hazard air underneath me. <laughs> and then I landed it. And our buddy Alex Tassie was doing uh, donuts in his sidecar rig. And I was like, well, he can do donuts in the sidecar rig. I can do donuts in the van. Oh. And I had about 12 people in the back of the van. We'd just been to the swimming hole. And so we just started doing donuts, Toreador and Bullfighter style, with Alex and his sidecar rig. And we thought it was cool. But that E350 tore up some real estate. Yeah. And that was not cool with the management. So the band fathers came by and very, very politely asked me to fuck the hell off and never come back again. (laughs) You're no longer welcome here. I got super expelled from that rally. Fortunately, one of our uh, one of our emissaries, Mary uh, Mary McDonald, decided to run interference on me, and I walked around the back of the van and I put a different shirt on and a different hat on, <laughs> and I climbed on a very tiny scooter and I drove away quietly, a folding scooter, and I drove away quietly and I went back to where the bandfathers are, and when the guy came back, fourteen shades of purple, pissed off red, that son of a bitch, and I said, who was that? Who did that? Mm. And he goes. Phil, you'll never believe that son of a bitch is doing donuts in that van over there. And I was like, well, I'm going to make sure that son of a bitch leaves. He will not be part of your problem anymore. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to physically go over and I'm going to escort him off your property. Are you cool with that? And you know what? I'm going to take up a collection. I'm going to pay you money to fix the turf he destroyed. And the guy went, really? And I said, yeah, really. How much money do you think it's going to cost to fix the turf he destroyed? 
And he goes, I don't know. It's, it's all manure anyway. The grass just grows on top of it. <laughs> Which we found out later. It's true. Yep. Don't ever wash your shit from band camp in the house. Don't. You'll realize all that mud is not mud. That's poo. So, uh, so he said, so I tell you what, I said, I tell you what, I'm going to get you 200 bucks. And he goes, Oh God, if you get me 200 bucks, we're all good. And so I went and I kicked myself off the property (laughs) and I came back and I gave him 200 bucks. And he's like, you know what I like about your organization? You guys are stand up dudes. And I was like, yeah, we are. We We got it. We pulled it off. Uh, I didn't bang your daughter either. We hoodwinked him. We hoodwinked him. It was good. But that's band camp in a nutshell. And there's like a lot of naked riding and there's a lot of shenanigans and a lot of booze and a lot of falling down. And sometimes a helicopter shows up when we really fuck up. Yep. And sometimes we do fuck up. Sometimes somebody leaves with half a face. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people live with, leave with bones that aren't where they're supposed in to the be. Right Dude, and that can happen anywhere. Um, yeah. At my job today, I was at a racetrack with these dudes racing. And this, this not elderly, but older than most of us, gentleman that was also a race driver was on his uh not rented but bought bird scooter because apparently you can buy them and here he is just you know in his 70 year old prime form cruising along on his bird scooter and then the front wheel went off the tarmac and hit the dirt and 70 year old guy became a surfboard without a surfboard just sliding down the pavement oh yeah so the ambulance came for him, and it was like, wow, that's the first time at Pittsburgh International Racetrack that the ambulance was there for a, a racer that was not involved in a racing accident. Like, he mauled, like that dude, I turned just in he time. He didn't have his suit. Hans collar on or anything? He had like, nothing, yeah. dude. He had, like, taken off his racing suit and had oh. shorts and a shirt on. And when I say that he ground off his nose, I'm pretty sure he ground off his nose. Oh, shit, really? Because the front wheel stopped, and he did not. Oh, that And sucks. it happened fast enough that he didn't even put his hands out. It was like face, chin, and chest were just like... <laughs> and at that point, his arms were behind him. Well... <laughs> oh. So that shit can happen even when you're not drunk or fucked That is the up. definition of eating shit. Yeah, that is truly. Yeah. Oh, that's so terrible. Oh, that's frightening. <laughs> I felt bad because he's at that age where it's not going to heal no, real fast. No, it's not. Like, he's not getting up real He's never fast. getting his 20-year-old nose back. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I eat shit every once in a while, but I just spit it out. Yeah, it's, just, really it's a pump malfunction. Like, okay. <laughs> you heard the whole thing about the manure at band camp, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, technically. Yeah, just when you wash your bikes off when you get home, don't wash them off anywhere you care about. The, uh, take them out to the garden, it'll fertilize. I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do them at the jet wash down the street. It's worth 10 bucks. The, uh, but so band camp's coming up and band camp is fun. Cause you're always like, Oh, what am I going to take? It's like the one year I took the BW 200 and the BW 350. <laughs> and like, I'm like, Oh, where am I going to scare up a kiddie pool? Because like kiddie pool racing is the thing. So you, you take the kiddie pool and you take 75 feet of rope and you wrap the kiddie pool with the rope. And then you get in the kiddie pool. And then somebody who has, you know, a shit hot bike pulls you around with the kiddie pool, Ben her style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more the merrier. And usually if we get a little rain, which is usually on the itinerary, then they go like snot. Mm-hmm. And a kiddie pool has no brakes. No, and if it's like a motorboat and a jet skier and oh, it yeah. swings out to the left. Always like, does. So now if you're doing 30, they're doing 190. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so got to be pretty interesting. Our friend Michelle was in the kiddie pool one year. <laughs> And the pilot was just having a great time. The the, the horse was doing great. The chariot, not so much. (laughs) And so she's zinging along at about Mach 7 and uh, swung wide. And the spectator ring, now the people that are watching this and setting up camps, 
we're kind of, this isn't our first rodeo. We know that you leave a certain amount of space. You don't get right up close to the track. Well, the rope was a little longer than maybe anyone should have had. She was doing re-entries. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out there's the very back part of a Vespa scooter. Yeah. The last part yeah. of the horse that gets over the fence is a hard angled edge. Oh, yeah. Right? It's stamped steel and it's, it's hard. And that's where the license plate goes. And it's square. Yeah. And uh, she turned one of those into an innie. <laughs> so her butt hit the back of this guy's scooter so hard that it folded the frame up till it hit the tire. Oh, my God. And she had a bruise that looked like Oregon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was epic. And, but the amount of force, like those of us who saw it happening were like, it was truly a Hindenburg moment where you were like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no, no yeah. oh, no. And then, boom, it hit. And it knocked this bike clean off the center stand. The bike moved about seven feet. Michelle stopped dead. Yeah. Uh, but the bike, literally, the frame was hitting the tire. And, okay, safety tip, not so much rope next time, guys. Yeah. Reel that shit in a little bit. Hey, you mentioned the Hindenburg. Yeah. So you remember the people yelling, oh, the humanities. Oh, the humanities. Yeah. Well, um, there's going to be people yelling that soon. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Malort has teamed up with Four Loco, and they are coming up with a concoction of those two items. Legitimately, <laughs> for Malorco, dude, it literally says for Malorco. It said here at Malort we work hard. Nobody asked. Dude, the ad was like here at Malort we work hard. Nobody, I repeat, nobody asked for this, no. but we're giving it to you anyway. No, <laughs> for Malorco. Oh, that's a terrible idea. So now not only do you have Malort face, but you get to have a six-week hangover the yeah. next day, too. Oh, it's it's going to be fucking oh, terrible. Oh, that's bad. That's I've never terrible. been so happy to not be. Exactly. Because I would have had to try it in the old days. I would have been like, well, I'll bring it to mid-Ohio. For science. Yeah, for science. For science. I'm going to get <laughs> fucked up on science. I was talking to Piper about band camp. I'm like, well, it's going on that weekend. It's Father's Day weekend. Yes, I mean, it is. kind of a fun thing. I mean, it is. It's a mature event, but you've seen it's everything you've seen at Mid Ohio. It is, yeah. There might be a naked ride, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be like that. You know, it'll be. It's not going to be totally weird. No, she was into it. Big perfect time though to use her new T-shirt from Scrap. Thanks to Scrap Talk. From Scrap Talk. Scrap Talk somehow conjured up a custom-made T-shirt for what Piper. It, what does it say? FYI, I'm only sixteen. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Which I think I mentioned that on the last podcast. That's why yeah. I got it. Yeah. 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 From, from that's, your that's lips to the podcast, the Patreon's ears. Yes. And it has been manifested. And you don't wait to show And it. on the back, we have to add, and my dad is the bourbon fairy. Yes. Oh, okay. My yeah. dad is the bourbon fairy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can do a little sharpie work on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, well, no, you have to use the puff paint markers. The puff paint. That's a good glitter. idea. Or, or if any of you played t-ball, those letters that you iron on, you yeah. know, like the oh, yeah. fucking little. Oh, yeah. What are they like? Felt or yeah, fuzzy? Felt. Yeah. yeah. And my dad is the bourbon fairy. <laughs> oh, that is fucking fantastic. Uh, so band camp is a, a thing that we do. Band camp is a pay-in to the scooter and liquor gods. It's the thing that happens every year, and. Every year there's a theme. Um, the Road Warrior theme yeah. was probably the most over-prepared for theme. You walked into this place and you were like, oh shit, I'm, I'm here on the wrong weekend. <laughs> this is Bartertown. They had a dome. They had a Thunderdome. 
Real for real. Oh, they yeah. built a Thunderdome. Could you, could you sit on it? You could sit on it if you wanted to. Yeah. And by the way, then one of our friends made an eighteen wheeler. Oh yeah. Out of a scooter yep. that had people in the back that could launch crossbows and shit. Yep. Oh yeah, that's real. Because you know what? Band people are theater people with no acting to do. Right. They just have energy and they really, really lean into a good theme. Yeah. So this year's theme is pajama party. Sometimes simplicity pays. Yeah. Uh, I think the idea of roaming around a field in southeastern Ohio in your pajamas for a weekend is probably a decent fucking idea. Yeah. Well, what do you wear at night? I don't wear pajamas. <laughs> I had to buy pajamas because I don't own any fucking pajamas either, but I can't walk around well, what I normally wear. If you want to get a that. taste of it, just go to Walmart at like 2 a.m. Or 2 p.m. on a Saturday. It turns out you can buy some pretty spectacular pajamas. Well, no, but you see all the people in their pajamas. I know. You could just call it Walmart. Yeah, yeah right. Walmart. Yeah, it's a Walmart <laughs> thing, rally. So that's the thing that's really happening. So we're excited about that. It's going to be a good time. So that's band get, camp. Get you some uh, sweatpants with juicy written across Ju- the back. Across the back. <laughs> um, but it's it's going to be a, a very, very good time. It's always a good time. We, we've always had Do a good time. they have a registration for one day? No, it's sixty-five bucks, but oh, you're giving the money to a very noble yeah, yeah, cause. Yeah, right. that's exactly right. Well, I just want to. Yeah, that's fine if it's that. I didn't know if it was like right. anything else where it's like. No, they, no, you can't buy like. I don't want to hold beer. Just give me a what fits in my hand. Right. Right. Well, right. Sometimes yeah. you can't. They can't the whole do that. Week. Yeah, they you can't know, do that. No, we understand. Yeah, yeah that's you the really way that goes. Really need to pre-register though, and by the time you hear this podcast, it'll probably be too late. And I was actually thinking about doing a dump out of the board, just dumping out of the board onto a card and just throwing a, a raw audio up just so people can have that fast. I'll get it up. I'll, I'll get the next two up this weekend. I was just been gone all week. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I totally get but that. But I can, I'll, I'll get them up this week. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so that's a big deal. That's obviously, it's a big deal. Yep. And then the second event that we have that we have to talk about, no mm-hmm. shit, because we do, it's Mid-Ohio, boys. Yeah. It's Mid-Ohio. And this year is shaping up to be a goddamn good one. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to talk about the event that Sleepy's going to be doing tomorrow. <gasps> Wait, tomorrow? <laughs> is tomorrow really the Lake Erie Loop? Yeah. Oh my God, it is the Lake Erie Loop. And it's I was, actually later than it usually I, is. I was excited about it because like nine of my friends were like, I'll do that with you. Yeah. And then now nine of my friends have decided that they're not doing it with me. Are you doing it? No. no I'm, I'm shitting out on everybody. <laughs> he is, and he is, and Dan BMW guy is, and he's opera Captain Operation over there. He didn't go on any damn 10-hour ride, 12-hour no. ride on his nutsack. So yeah. now I get to go. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm at this point. I'm taking the Africa Twin. I'm going to be a Cadillac. I'm oh, fucking putting yeah. tunes on. Anyway. Right. I know. Yeah. I know. But now, a big loop. but now I don't have anybody to hug. Or it doesn't go around Lake Erie anymore. So. I know. Yeah. We're just. It's right. going to be fine. This is huggable. Trust me. Yeah, there you go. It's, well, it'll true. be fun. It's, it's going to be the same as like it's about 660 miles, give or take. I think it's 480. 480? Yeah, okay. Something yeah. Like that. And you got Bruce to ride a bigger bike, so that's a big Yeah, bike. yeah, yeah. That's definitely, he's not on a 125cc two stroke this year. Well, oh, so. you're kidding me. No. What's he riding? He stepped up to an FT500. Oh. Oh. Well, that's like a real motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's going to be All a right. little better. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Might be less breakdowns. Yeah, yeah, but okay. he still refuses to give me any GPS data. It's printouts. Is it really MapQuest? <laughs> MapQuest. Excuse me, like sheets of eight by eleven. Yeah, it's gonna be twenty-five sheets of paper. <laughs> He's just I like, do believe he had a roll chart last year. He did. He has right, a roll he chart. He made a roll chart. Yes. Yeah. Because, dude, you ask him like, so where are we going? He's like, all right, what you want to do? 
You go down 327, about 35 miles left at the thing, you're going to see a Burger King. You're going to hang a right on that. We're going down that 31 miles. I'm like, bro, that doesn't help me at it all. It doesn't right? work. <laughs> go down to where Charlie used to park his van. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we had that accident seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a big elm tree there. Turn right. Yeah. Uh, wow, man, that is not the way I so, do it. But the thing I didn't know was that this was going to be after a week of me working 16 hour exactly. days and haven't right. been home. Yeah, you've been so out in the sun the every podcast, day. Somebody get home at 1 a.m. and yeah. then I get up at 5 and go meet Bruce to go on this <gasps> ride tomorrow because they leave at 6 30. And it'll be cold too. Oh, it's going to be great. Dude. Everything about this. <laughs> and, that's and, and Cinch said, You sure you don't want to go? Does yeah. it still start yeah. at Wellington? Yes. Yeah, so, so at least it's only, close to it's your house. 10 minutes from my house. Right. But I'm, I, I just figured out I'm taking all my boxes and I'm filling them with all kinds of shit. Right. I'll have sodas. Yeah. I'll have, I might bring a bong. Just That's to have not a bad idea. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I did discover the one year you could miss the launch and still win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out 10 minutes really isn't that important. No. You have 10 to 11 hours. Right. You can, you can make up a little time. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think it's funny. Like what, I don't get the age. Like, listen, I like getting up early. On a weekend and go for a ride or something. But when I say get up early, like, let's leave at 730. Right. You know, or right. something like that. Yeah, that's way too early. But, like, I think after 70, I think, like, you know, you 5 a.m. You ever a BMW rally? No. Go to a BMW rally sometime. Go to one BMW national rally. Because at 7 o'clock in the morning, all the rides have already left. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm scrounging around for raccoon breakfast, yeah. and everyone I'm like, what the fuck did everybody go? And they're like, oh well, our six o'clock ride left at five twenty five, our seven o'clock ride left at six thirty a.m. Yeah, and this is the stragglers ride that's about lead to leave now. And I was like, well, what about the people who just want to hang around and drink at the campsite? Well, you're at the wrong rally. Yeah, the six mm. o'clock thing started when. Well, that was because when it was really the Lake Erie Loop, yeah, it went all the way up through Canada, right. You were looking at a minimum 12-hour 12 12 day. So if you yeah. leave, at, right. leave at 6 a.m., yeah. you might get back by... Especially the 49cc class. Right. So the 49cc class had to leave at O-Dark 30. Right. Because the 120... get back in the same day. Exactly. The 125 is going to overtake him, and the 200 is going to overtake right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So everybody's agreed that this is not a race this year, right? Right. And so... The, the, so we're meeting that early to ride for 20 minutes to stop and get coffee at somebody's house. No oh, that's what I found oh, okay. out today. All right. Yeah, I get that now. No, I, but I'd I rather sleep. I'd rather sleep and oh, just have my own. Coffee. I would already have programmed into my phone the address to the coffee stop. Well, that's what I'd like. Because I'd be there. like, oh, they'll probably get there at about eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you have to get the sheet of paper. Yeah, yeah. I got to stop at campsite. You got to register, man. Come on. Oh man. Oh. But you know what? Last year. John will contest this. There was some beautiful scenery, so I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. beautiful farms That's cool, man. and roads. That's cool. And if I don't fall asleep, I might pull a might pull a Hoffert. Yeah, and just fall asleep. Steve Knievel. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I saw his. I saw his. I went to visit Steve today. I uh, went visit Steve. Picked up the G400C, uh, but I saw his X-rays, and his back looks just like Bobby Knievel's back. It is a metal erector set. It is an erector set on his spine. We're talking about eight giant, long, self-tapping screws that go into what's left of his back. And then big stringers, right? Big vertical stringers that hold that together. And then these jacking pins that clamp down on those to bridge where the bones used to be. So he can't move his back In his spine. So T4, 5, and 6 got asploded. So that part of his back is now mechanical. 
Wow. Yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah. That is tough. So it's funny because I looked at the x-ray and I was like, holy shit, that is an erector set. Yeah. That's a lot of metal. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's a serious, serious lot of metal. So hats off to Hoffert. But I did. Uh, we'll have the x-rays on the show I, notes. I did. Too, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, right. And he he's, says he's not really on much pain. He's not. He says he's not really on that much pain. He's so. not. I, magically speaking, we all know that Steve's not human. So everybody sitting yeah. at this table knows he's not really human. He's this weird, strange fucking thing, right? But he is Steve Hoffert. I just, he was just like, come back again, Payne, see what happens. Well, Payne was like, I don't, okay, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got a zipper that goes from his like belly button to his chest. It yeah. looks legitimately like a zipper. But it looks really good. It's not like it's healed. Bad. No, it's it's it's, like, it's healed. Like, Dude, if he doesn't get a little zipper tab tattoo, he to says he's top. gonna get a bunch of monkeys climbing up at like a ladder <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome right there. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. For a first tattoo, you yeah. got to win with yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. Man. But I do, um, his spirits are fantastic. Like hanging out with him today is, is really cool. And, but his leg is a shit show. He didn't get a titanium nail down the middle of his tibia like, like a lot of people do, which helps your recovery time, shortens it way up. But instead, what he got was plates. So he got a whole, the plate material they get is like, a strip of flat stock with a bunch of holes drilled in it. And so he's got one of those that runs the whole goddamn length of his tib. Mm. So his tib is like that. And it's, oh, so he's got a unistrut. It's, yes, it is. It is. Yeah, you're right. It's a unistrut with a bunch of screws drilled into the side of it. And then on his fib, he's got another plate up there on the fibula mm. where that's all being held together as well. So he can so, never fly again. Well, I mean, all that stuff's non-ferrous or supposedly non-ferrous. But yeah, he's got a mess. It's got a... Uh, I don't think Steve will fly to begin with. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's more of a... Yeah, why take your chances with the... Uh, TSA or yeah, he's yeah. gonna they take yeah. your DNA if you walk through the TSA. Machine. Well, so I did find out that in his in the course of his surgeries, he had more blood go into him than his body can hold. So at Two times. yeah, so at one point in his existence as Steve Hoffert, he has had no Hoffert blood in him at all. All of his blood was from outside sources. Oh, boy. So we know that's got to be... 10 liters. 10 liters. 10 liters of blood. Your body holds four. Yeah. So so just to be 100% clear on this, the whole thing about, like, I'm remaining intact and nobody's going to have my DNA. No, no, that's all over. What happens when, like, he comes in in a couple, like, a month or so, and he's sitting here and he's like... The moon actually is just the moon. Or what happens when he comes in? He's like, I've really never liked the taste of pineapple before, but now I love pineapple. Yeah, right. Right. And what happens when he knows like jazz lyrics or something? Right. There's gonna be there's gonna be the point where Steve is gonna have to admit that he is no longer a 100 percent pure Hoffert. Right. Right. Uh, He's that, gonna come in and be like, "What's your um, what's your like least gas mileage vehicle that you have? <laughs> then we'll know it's, I need we'll know it's done. Yeah, we'll know it's over. <laughs> he starts driving fast and taking chances. Yeah. I was busting his phones about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I can just see all the guys giving blood down at the right next to the shelter and everything. Yes. And, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I wonder how many pints of plasma you got. Oh, you got eight pints of plasma. Oh, oh that's oh, highest oh, bitter oh, right oh, there. I know some of them are probably vaccinated. And 
They're probably vaccinated. All their chips are in you now. They're probably vaccinated intravenous drug users. No, no, they're all university kids trying to pay for That's true, too. I bought a motorcycle. expensive. Steve's going to get like some kind of fucking like fishing, those huge like those magnets that can pull yeah, like yeah, 20,000 yeah. pounds. He's going to start <laughs> running it over him to get all the fucking microbots out of him and shit. Ouch. Yeah. T- Steve, we only kid you because you're not here. Right. Uh, but he did you say. Yourself. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not here. Right. Did oh, we say anything? If he here, it'd be a lot worse. It would be way worse. So they did. Uh, so Kit did tell me, she's like, she's like, well, maybe you guys can come over here and do the podcast from here because he's, He's in a wheelchair. He's, you know, he's, he's, was he in he's mobile. Electric, electric wheelchair? No, or no, no, electric wheelchair was in the backyard. He was in a metal, like a regular, like they just rolled him out of the did living you room. See the I did see the ramp. Yeah. The I'm sorry. You mean the Death Wish 2000? <laughs> <laughs> I did not push him up that ramp. That ramp is like a fucking 12 in one climb. Yeah. Like there are trucks I know that can't make it up but that ramp. Steve, uh, if you give me the word and you pay right. the money right, right. for. Two or three hundred bucks, I can make you like a twenty-foot ramp out of yeah. Womanizer. Right. You know you can rent ramps. Yeah, it's seventeen hundred. It's a lot of money. Is yeah. it really? That Don't ever rent a ramp. That's why they were like, we're not renting a ramp yeah. for seventeen hundred bucks yeah. for one month. But oh, you okay. could, for two hundred bucks, you could put together a twenty-two-foot long ramp. He's got a maybe ten-foot-long ramp. Oh, fuck that's yeah. that looks like the, the pitch on a church, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's supposed to go in and out of that. Four stairs. Yeah. At seven inches a piece is right. like 28, 28 inches. inches, yeah. So you need one inch, one foot to one, it's one inch. 28 foot. feet, right. It should yeah. be a 28, 28 foot, foot ramp, ramp right. It's 12. Yeah, it, this is literally, this is when like, a, this is five. like a one in, this is like a one in four climb. Wow. Four, four stars. <laughs> <laughs> if there's not a Harbor Freight winch at the top of that ramp, he's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's all there is no, to it. I had, I had hauled him up. And oh, you did? Did like, you do it in the mechanical chair or in just our chair no, chair? Oh, in the regular chair. In that but, bullshit. But he pushes chair. with his one foot. You're like. Oh, right. man, there's I'm no like, way. I'm like, fuck sakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. No way. All right. So <laughs> that's. That's that's the status he's in. But he looks great. Honestly, he looks great. His color's good. He doesn't have any infection. I put new batteries in that wheelchair. Oh, the big wheelchair in the back. Yeah. The Stephen Hawking special. I took it down to Detroit and around yeah. the corner and back. Yeah. I'm like, you can go anywhere you want. Oh, seat. yeah. And it's a, it's a full, like, epileptic. No, it place. is a game on chair. It reclines. Your yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to scratch your nose in that chair, you could press a button and scratch your nose. Is it the one with the joystick? Yes. That's a joystick. Yeah. But you can switch it and the feet will come up. The back goes yeah, back. Yeah, the thing it's is, like the like, it'll go full recline. Yeah, turbo charge. I th- yeah, I think twenty four volts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they, didn't, they didn't want to buy the two hundred and seventy five dollar batteries that go for it. So right, like, go to Harbor Freight. They have a thirty five amp. Yeah, power. exactly. Two of them was one hundred sixty bucks. You're fine. I slapped them in. Yeah, they're fine. What kind of batteries does it fit? Well, it's just <coughs> garden batteries. Any two yeah. 12-volt batteries, but right. you want yeah. the amp hour, so... Right, yeah. But, but no, 35 it's amp hours, if they can pull 35 amps, which they can't. They can't, yeah. You'd still right. have an hour run down. Exactly. Someday we can make what it batteries? into a mid-Ohio vehicle. Yeah. That's exactly the, right. They're the Harbor Freight solar batteries. Right, yeah. For the solar panels. Right. Oh, they work okay. Fine. Well, that's what I was getting at. Like, so what 35 batteries? 35 amp hour. Yeah. They work fine. Yeah. Doable. That's exactly it. And if you wanted to run around mid-Ohio, you could run around mid-Ohio for like nine hours. Yeah, but you know, how much are those things? They were eighty dollars. Yeah, they're eighty bucks a piece. I got to get one of those for my drones. So oh, can charge. Because so yeah. I bought a jumper pack, thinking yeah. I could just turn it on and use it, no. and it doesn't have the amp hour or it doesn't have the ASN to do it. If I try to charge over two amps, it fucking shuts yeah, it, it down. shuts it off. Yeah, yeah. I get oh, those, those are really great batteries for eighty bucks at Herbert Freight. It's a legit deal. So, 
By that, the way, we're really, really, really pushing for them to advertise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a sponsor. The sweet, yeah. sweet money yeah, from Horror the, Fraught. The Harbor Fraught, Hazard Fraught. The, uh, but going into mid-Ohio, we now have, uh, we have a full camper spot. Now, I want to explain this to people. Because when you get a camper spot, you also get two human passes. So I know camper spots are very, very expensive. But the human passes, I think, are 65 bucks a piece or something like that. So you're getting two human passes in addition to the camper spot. But my friends, the real deal, the real deal is the tent spot. Because the camper spot allows you to have the camper and I think two or three tents. So you could have two or three human tents plus your camper on a 40 by 25 foot lot. Okay. Which is pretty generous, and they don't monitor it too heavily. You, if you want to stretch out, you can stretch out. But if you do the, I'm camping, like I have my, my pup tent, right? You do a, a tent camping spot. They allow you up to two or three tents and or, it says campers, which I think they must mean pop-ups or something. But yeah, it it's says not an RV. So it's a not camper, an RV. A camper is like a like a pop up thing that you pull. Pop up, pop up, yeah. or uh, canned ham. Well, right? no, but think about this though. Yeah. I wonder what do you call a fifth wheel? Is that a, is that an RV or is that a? It's an RV. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's I what assume, I'm assume, right? Right. Okay. But anyway, the the tent spot also gives you two human passes. Right. So two human passes for three days apiece. So that deal is kind of a sore dick deal, and the whole I'm tent camping thing. You have access to anywhere on the property, thousands of acres, where you might want to set up your tent camping. Right. Now, you don't get those on the American Motorcyclists Association website. You have to go to the Mid-Ohio event website to book those. Yeah. So there is some confusion. I know people are concerned about that. Like, I went to the AMA Vintage Days website, and it made no goddamn sense to me. Where do I get a camping pass? Well, if you go on that, it links you out to Mid-Ohio. Because remember, guys... That this particular facility, the other 51 weeks out of the year, is not vintage days, right? The other 51 days out of the 51 weeks out of the year, it's big, like this year, Formula One cars, for real. Um, all kinds of other racing mm-hmm. happens at Mid Ohio Sports Car Track, Mid Ohio Race Car Course. So that's why when you're thinking about going in, if you're putting your shit together right now for Mid Ohio, be aware that your three day pass. Um, you might even need now. There's parking available all over the place. That's cool. I think this might be the last year for the motorhome for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just as far as, because I could get like a little enclosed trailer, sure. Just like you say, bunk it out. I put an air conditioner on top. I, it would be just as handy. Absolutely. I can use it for storage right. and stuff like that. I, yeah. Well, that's what I think. I'm going to get a truck cap for my truck. You can, and then yep. just stick. I have my daughter's old twin size like Those thing. Perfect. Throw it in there and fucking yep. call it. A, that way, I don't have to yep. fucking deal with tents and exactly. all the other bullshit. Right. And then we have our tent city in front of it, yep. so we usually hang out there anyway. So exactly. I'm just sleeping. All you need is a place to sleep. Yeah, and I mean, I've been van sleeping forever, and that works yeah. fine. Uh, it van sleeping is. I won't luxurious. do a tent. I'd rather sleep in my car. Yes, I mean, I'd fold yeah. it back. I'd fold it down. I'd oh yeah, it back a couple times. But yeah. even if you're the cheapest guy in the world, a U-Haul trailer is a magnificent camper. Yeah, for people that just want a place to sleep, because you rent a U-Haul trailer, a double axle trailer. There's a ton of fucking room in there, mm. and you can take your bikes and your shit down there. But then at night, that's where you sleep. Right, and it's cool. Those things work great. 
and they keep the rain off you. You're up off the ground. Get uh, I garbage picked some lawn furniture this week, and the garbage the lawn furniture I picked was one of those like fancy chairs that goes every which way, but it also goes dead flat like a cot. So I'm like, oh, that's perfect because that, you know, a cot is a very nice thing to have yeah. when you're out there. So doing Mid-Ohio, as long as you can look after like getting your food and having food available or like what we do, the whole idea of raccoon supper of just, I think, we're gonna be pretty good on I think we'll be good on I'm food. I'm going to hit GFS. I'm yeah. going to buy, I, what was his name? The guy who was making breakfast for us from across the Oh, way. across the way. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm gonna load up on some bacon and stuff like that and all the yeah. fixings. And yeah, stuff. exactly. That the idea of just being able to be like, okay, at least get three meals in you. Cause I tend to do my method is I will stop at the sheets or whatever on the way in and I'll program four sandwiches. And so I'll bring those four foot long sandwiches in and that will be my, my emergency food mm-hmm. because at three o'clock in the morning when I'm stoned off my ass, I will eat anything that I see. <laughs> that is a goddamn fact. True. But in the morning you want to wake up. And my only thing in the morning is I like to have coffee. Oh yeah. So if I can have coffee in the morning, my whole morning looks a whole lot better. I got, dude, I've had that French press for years. Yeah. That's the shit in the morning. <laughs> it's the way dude, you know what else? Last year I did this, and now I'm going to do this every year. Yeah. Um, before I went in, I I, I made um, like chopped up potatoes with peppers and onions and yeah. stuff, and then I had the cooler. So every morning I just had to heat my skillet, and, it was, and then nice. I, had, I had, you know, oh, that's all great. the potato-y things. Yeah. I mean, stuff. The, so stuff like that, that's pretty, yeah, it works. It ain't exactly roughing it. No. But you get to break out your cool shit. You, know, you break out your camp, cool camping stuff. So that's that's going to be, you know, the fun part of Mid-Ohio. But when you think about all the events that are going on, lofting your air biscuits at each other, the, the oh. thing with Mid-Ohio that everyone needs to be aware of is if you haven't done it before, if your goal is to drive there in your car and then walk the entire thing, oh, no. you got another thing coming. It's going to take you so long. I bet you, I guarantee you, mm-hmm. with with no form of wheels, yeah, and you're just a moderately, in, like, you're just going to individual things and looking, yes. 80,000, maybe, minimum of 80,000 stuff. Oh, maybe. An e-bike would be real nice. An e-bike is a That's good what I'm saying, idea. Like, if you have nothing, no wheels or anything, expect yeah. to walk yeah. 80,000 well, plus the one steps. Year, the one year my buddy brought a folding bicycle down, mm-hmm. so he's like, he's, he's a camper guy. So he brought a folding bicycle down, and he camped like in turn four, five, and six area yeah. with a real giant big fuck off camper. And he's like, I'm never doing this again. I said, What do you mean? He goes, I'm dead. I'm yeah. I'm dead. And I was like, Well, you got this mountain bike and everything. It's a really expensive folding mountain bike. And he goes, No, it's way too far. And I was like, Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's too far for a mountain bike. And he goes, you'd not believe how far it is. And I said, well, I guess I do because I know how big the racetrack is. And they're also, when you're on, even when you're on a buddy scooter, you're not aware of the terrain changes. Oh, yeah. There's just a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Like, you're like, is this whole motherfucking place uphill or what? Yeah. But it's... Uh, if it's, you go, think about it, if you go down around, like where you had the yeah. camper the one year, yep. and you go all the way down the long straightaway part, oh, yeah. that's a, that that whole thing is a hill. That's a whole so hill. It's real fun that to go that way. A whole hill. Yeah, that's it. Right. I guarantee, my friend, you're changing a lot of elevation, because I've raced that track a whole lot. Yeah. And it's amazing yeah. how much downhill there is yeah, yeah. in that racetrack. So, <laughs> I remember you saying how fast the Yamaha Badger went. Because <laughs> we were flying down that road, and I hit fifth. That is five speeds in it. Yeah. Oh, really? The Badger? Oh, fuck! It's so fast. Oh it's my! Like, this yeah. should never. You should never. This is not. Yeah. You should <laughs> never go this fast. Yeah. Ever. 
So make sure if you are not prepared to buy something right quick when you get there, bring something you can ride. Yep. Right. So Tom and I, before the podcast today, while we were pre-gaming, yep. uh, happened to, I, we were talking about like Bandcamp, what should I take? Or Mid-Ohio, what should we take? Or what's just a generally good utility player? And I have not been a fan of the whole Coleman, you know, a black mini bike with a pull starter thing. It's, it's never hit for me. Mm-hmm. And, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah. And, and I live in a world of motorized vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. So I have no shortage of shit we can grab and pull and do. But then Tom brought up. Okay, so, so give I, us the bait pitch, Tom. So I'm rolling, I'm rolling through Facebook, and of course the the Target ads. I have been looking at at these yeah, Coleman mini bikes for ages. Just after the after the gambler did Iceland, yeah, and you know they're they're traveling across Iceland on mini bikes and all dressed in costumes and doing gambler stuff, and. So Camping World, a Camping World ad pops up, and it says, you know, mark down two hundred dollars. Uh, Coleman, what is it? The C two hundred X. I think so. Um, mini bikes. It's like six hundred dollars instead of nine hundred dollars. And I, I'm, we're out talking about uh, Mid Ohio. We're yeah. out talking about Bandcamp, and I mentioned this to Phil, and he says, "Oh, yeah." And I said, "Yeah, because that feels like bike. a sore dick deal." Yeah, it's you know. I mean, is there nothing but a thing you can ride around for seven hundred bucks? Well, because they're they're used. They start about three hundred bucks. That's what he was telling me. Eight hundred bucks. They're not. They're how not much, cheap. Used. How much is a seventy cc SSR? About eight. Our cost. Yeah. So even then, yeah. but the best part is you literally can ride this around and slap six hundred dollar price tag on it all mm-hmm. day, and somebody will come up to you and go, "Oh, that's a good deal." Yep. There was a $550 Yamaha Trimoto, the two-stroke. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It was really nice. Damn. <laughs> that's, I don't need that. that's pretty good. That um, sounds pretty good. Like, what, was, what was it? So, yeah. So, the long and short of it is, uh, <laughs> while we were drinking, yeah, I bought one. Because like oh. <laughs> it turns out if you have a phone. You can actually do that. And a little money in your Venmo. You can make that happen. That's how I got the grim when I had it. That's when I was still drinking, so I was like, this looks <laughs> great. Now here's here's one right here's the exact same bike right down the road, $450 on marketplace. Yeah, I mean it's and it's you know two and a half years old, still four hundred and fifty bucks. Still four hundred and fifty bucks, so they don't depreciate. They don't depreciate. As yeah. long as they and it has a headlight, so you can make it to the pisser. Yeah. And that's that that's critical. Yeah. So it has a gigantic headlight on it. And I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna pump this thing up because I'm. I'm completely convinced it's garbage. But I think they're actually pretty good, dude. Like it's a rigid back end, yeah. right? Uh, so in any case, though, we now have one. Mm-hmm. So we have one. We'll see if we end up with two. I don't know. Uh, but I predict in AMA Vintage Days. Do you remember how historically speaking at AMA Vintage Days, uh, the Trail ninety or the Trail seventy? Yeah. Was the bike of vintage days? Oh. I think the Coleman is now going to be the, the bike of the, the bike of tra- money vintage yep. days. Not on my watch. Not on your watch. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I think we're going to have to do something to specialize this to make it stand out from the other Coleman mini bikes that are there. You won't be the first one. Though. Number plates. Okay. These number plates on the sides. Right. 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 I yeah. Oh yeah. A guy yep. 
who came to Mid Ohio on a green machine, Ooh. which is essentially a Coleman mini bike. Right. And he proceeded to crash that fucker like seven times. <laughs> At least seven times. Yeah. Then you yeah. purposely pulled my spark plug. Yeah. Man. I probably yeah. saved your I think you did save your life that <laughs> night, honestly. Because you were fucking out of control. Yeah, that thing only had one speed. It was fast. Like, it was all yeah. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was no a, suspension. And, <clears throat> and it was also... The difference between it and a guided missile is the missile is guided. Yeah. You were misguided. You were fucking everywhere. Yeah. And it was just, you were just bouncing off of shit. Yeah, it was not good. No, you bounced off the porta potties one time and I was like, that's it. He's done for the night. Yeah. Nope. You were right back up on it. I know. It was bad. Yeah. I remember finding the motocross track at one point on the thing. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was a good bike, though, man. Hey, but the the trick is going to Mid Ohio. We have an arsenal, like yeah. we have an arsenal of two wheeled contraptions oh, yeah. that we can roll out. But I just we yeah. have a bunch of arsons too. Yes, we do have an arsenal. <laughs> right, but I'm really excited. I mean, Mid Ohio is always very exciting to me. Mm. It is. It's an exciting thing. It's an adventure. Every single fucking year, it's an adventure, and every year it does get better. Go ahead, Dan. So, Slippy, have you ridden my SSR at all? No. But come I on, pull it up. Can you pull it up? Get it ready for me. You know, change the gas <laughs> and the oil. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, no we haven't. I'm gonna come out and get it in a, in a week or so. And bring we it haven't out. put 40 feet on Liza's Benelli TNT sidecar rig. Yeah. We have not put 40 feet on it because I tried riding it around the parking lot when the battery was good. I got to put a new battery in it. Yeah. But when the battery was well, it was never good. I had to resurrect it because the guys in Georgia didn't do shit to it. But anyway, I rode around the parking lot. Einzeit. I mean, one fucking time. And that thing, I pronounced it as being truly murderous. <laughs> it just wants to kill. That's what it all do? it wants to do. <laughs> well, have you ever heard of geometry? Yeah. It didn't. <laughs> There is no goddamn geometry in this thing. Somebody went, okay, flat spot there, wheel there, done. <laughs> Bushings? I don't think so. Bearings? Damn sure not. Wait, the triangulation? Rolling? No. So this, I, I predict that this crew that we have here with us right now, because Chris has gotten in every sidecar we've ever put it in front of him. Chris has lovingly jumped into a buddy's sidecar rig, all six and a half feet tall of him, has got into a buddy's sidecar rig that was the size of a small Dutch shoe. And he didn't hesitate to do it. And that was Stupid. a, well, that was also a disaster train wreck going to hurt somebody. And that was 10 times safer than what we got going on here. Wow. And it has a seat kit and a handlebar kit, handlebar like grab kit for the passenger yeah. that I'm even, I can't figure out how to install it. So I'm going to have to consult the manufacturer on how we're going to put that piece of shit together. But more importantly, I, I'm going to say it right now. I did not mount this sidecar to this bike. It was done by a professional, a guy in Georgia who charges money for his services. And I'm going to, that's my disclaimer, motherfuckers. That's it. You heard me say it. I did not put this sidecar on this bike because if I would have done it, there would have been at least one triangle. But so, when you've got a, a sidecar rig, the goal is more than one triangle. And what I mean by triangle is like, you can't just have a beam coming out of the side of your motorcycle and a wheel on the end of it. Right. Because there's no, mm -hmm. 
z-axis you know you you, you got to have something some sort of strut strut you got to have some sort of a support yeah this can't be a monoplane that we're relying on cantilevers and shit yeah when we're strapping even it even those have cables and yes stuff like that. exactly and remember that this motorcycle does not have a cradle frame this motorcycle right. has a, a little bit of a pole that goes down to the motor. Yeah. And then the motor's hanging there. What did it do? Go off the foot peg mounts or something? Uh, no, the exhaust mount. <laughs> oh, that seems safe. Wow. So the front motor mount, the, the little bracket yeah, that comes, comes down, down that holds right? the motor coming down off of your right. steering head. There's like two bolts down there that goes, that yeah, goes into that. Correct. Okay. And then in the back... Behind where your pegs go, uh-huh. not where your pegs go, but behind where your pegs go, there is a little bracket that holds the muffler, the cat- catastrophic converter. Oh, those two things. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. So that's where the that's where the main portion of the rig goes to. Oh my God, those are just brazed on. Okay, all right, cool. So wow. so you've been briefed. Yeah. <laughs> so now we got to make it work. So I'm taking at least to this mission. I'm going to bring with me about. Eight feet of one-inch square stock mm-hmm. in a miscellaneous assortment of nuts, bolts, and screws, and at least four batteries for my Milwaukee, <laughs> and at least three different holes, like, you know, step drills. Yeah. Because I have a feeling shenanigans will ensue, because I've seen the terrain at Mid-Ohio. It's not what anybody would call even. No. No. Or and, smooth. Right. <laughs> and this vehicle has not one, not two, but three knobbies on it that are just gripping at the planet. And one without a shock. Right? It has a shock. Oh, it has it does? a shock. It has a weird horizontal thing. Yeah. I thought you said it was a, oh, just the it's one. It's a weird thing. horizontal shock on the right-hand side. Okay. Okay, but here's where it gets weird. I am not under, I am not under 200 pounds. No. And I don't think anybody else who's going to be on this bike is going to be under 200 pounds. Mm. So we've already taken something that was engineered for small dogs. From the photos, I think I've seen, I think maybe even Haley. Mel, yeah, <laughs> Haley's. Well, Haley's currently. Ba- she's baby on board right now. Yeah, so she's she's drinking for two. I think the, that uh, this thing was originally made for a cooler. Like that's. I think it was made for thirty. I, and I think even maybe a Yeti might be pushing it, but because <laughs> uh, Yetis are fucking heavy. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, check it out. I got a Yeti cooler and and a double hernia. So <laughs> welcome to Dance Club. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. That's right. So Igloo is the cooler of the Cleveland Moto podcast. It is. Yes, we yep. have. I have my giant igloo, and I love it very much. It keeps ice after five days. So and it does not. It is. It does not yeti, because if my yeti was as big as my igloo, my yeti would weigh more than my truck, because uh, yetis are fucking heavy. Anywho, we got to fucking fix up. Well, we don't have to fix up this. We didn't buy it. Liza bought it. We have to give technical advice on this fucking sidecar rig because I do not want to be... The reason I haven't driven it anything but around my parking lot is trying to make a right-hand turn in my parking lot with two five-gallon jugs of metal rescue in it as ballast. Mm -hmm. Pints pound the world around, right? So that's eight times five. That's 80 pounds of ballast in the rig. Water is 8.3 pounds per gallon. Right. Close enough for my work. Uh, so pints pound the world around. I tried to make a, I tried to drive it around my at 12 miles an hour. It became untenable hmm. at 12 miles an hour. So 12 miles an hour, even a slightest right hand turn, the right wheel came up. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'll fly. Where's the your car. monkey? 
Yeah, fucking scary, man. You have to jump into the monkey to steer it, right? Well, that's what I was. So the one lap I did, I got onto the sidecar. But when I got onto the sidecar, my 200-pound mass getting onto the sidecar made bad noises Mm. that I thought I wouldn't recover from. So I decided to get back on the motorcycle and give up the idea of driving it from the chair. Because we drive drive sidecars from the chair all the time. It's not a big deal. How difficult is it just to perform a sidecarectomy? Pretty easy. That's good to know. Yeah, that's, and we're way out in front of you on that one because the side stand's still on it and everything. Uh, but you're right. The sidecarectomy might be a real thing. If not, I, I predict, I predict what do they call that? Agricultural welding? Agricultural yeah. welding of a big diagonal. So yeah. like a big diagonal that goes from like, the, I have the front steering link off my old Jeep. We could just cut it and it's got a little heim joint. It's got a heim joint and everything. Yeah. Cause it's I was thinking a big, fucking diagonal from the top of like the passenger seat mount mm-hmm. at the top like above the shock like tower mm-hmm. area well I, I do have a demo sitting on the lift at mm-hmm. right now. right right right. Yeah, 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 right right exactly so we can just go in there with a piece of steel pre-cut yeah i'm just gonna bring all my tools anyway there we go. but it's mid-ohio i'm bringing my tools but the uh we know better there might be a trailer that needs you're to be fixed bringing Finch, you're bringing me. yeah <laughs> i'm bringing all the tools the whole fucking bag of tools yeah <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, newest tool, Tom. Yeah, yep. It is, and I was thinking about the barrel racing, Still shiny, because you do know that the barrel racing <laughs> tends to go in an anti-clockwise fashion. So the barrel racing is always left-hand turns, which at first blush would be like that's a good idea because the sidecar is on the right-hand side of the sidecar. Oh yeah. And so if the barrel racing is all left-hand turns, the worst case scenario is the the drive wheel leaves the ground a little bit and you lose propulsion, which is probably good for you anyway. But it turns out though, if you're putting all that triangular force out onto the sidecar wheel, you're putting stress on the hinge. Yeah. Right. And that's going to, and that's bad. Right. That's bad. That's going to snap. I just, with how many people insane motherfuckers usually are on that. Just having a, that's like, you're asking people to hit you. It is. And, also, a, a sidecar rig at Mid-Ohio becomes an unadvertised pylon contest. You, you are basically a side-by-side. You are. You are. <laughs> You're like, hey, look, I got a sidecar on a TNT 135, and that's when Bubba goes, well, let me jump on and see how strong it is. And then you like, then you have two things now. You, did, you started with one thing, now you have two things. Dude, if, you were, yeah. if you would take that into the swap shop, yeah. people would just see the bike, and they wouldn't yeah. see the sidecar. No. You'd just be fucking yeah. kneeing them. Yeah. <laughs> Just cut them off at the ankles all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. At first I was like, this is a great idea. But then I saw the execution and I'm starting to have my doubts. Mm. So we'll see if it survives mid Ohio. But my, uh, mm, you, you know how you guys all know me and you know that if I haven't shot one video of me sliding that thing sideways across my parking lot or flying the car down Lorraine Avenue, there must be a reason for that. Well, yeah, I wondered because you posted that picture of it in the snow. Yeah. And I looked behind in yeah. the snow yeah, yeah, yeah. and there, there were, were no donuts. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there was virgin snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because just getting it to the spot I took those pictures <laughs> yeah. was terrifying. Right. Well, that's yeah, what I knew. I was almost forgetting. It's street legal. Yes. It is. <laughs> but you know what? It's not. It's not parking lot practical. No. I, I rode it one time in my parking lot and went, wow. No, and you so, don't understand the shock of not seeing donut marks in the back. I was like, this thing has to suck. Yeah. So anyway, we got to do some. We have to throw some science at this because the way it is right now, 
Because, you know, that's the thing with sidecars is like the second the sidecar goes airborne, mm-hmm. right? If it's a heavy sidecar, you can work with that. Right. Right. Because the, the heavy sidecar has this ballast that's up in the air now. And it's like sailing a boat. When the boat's leaned over, you can play with that. The, the, the rod of the wire walker, you know? Like, sure. Yeah, whatever. But when the sidecar weighs like 11 pounds and it starts to come over on you, well, you can't play with that weight. There's nothing there. So it's like, okay, well, in order to make this work, I automatically need a monkey in the sidecar. So I figured I'd put 80 pounds of weight in the thing and we'd be kind of okay. Because usually I'll put about 50 pounds of weight in a, in a sidecar and I feel a lot better about things. I put 80 pounds of weight in this thing and I didn't like it. Hmm. And 80 pounds later and it was all still trying to go weird on me. So like, okay. Is that because the weight was taller though? Because you had, you had the Yeah, there were, there were five-gallon buckets. They were sitting so, a little tall. So if, if you had... Sandbags. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if I had sandbags and got them way low, maybe that might help. You need to take yeah. that off and put the couch on it. Then it would have yeah. more leverage. It's true. Yeah. El Caucho, one of the great things about El Caucho is El Caucho is a full-on love seat. Mm-hmm. And so it's really long. Mm-hmm. It's too long. It's too wide for, you know, it's another two feet wider than any normal sidecar rig. Mm-hmm. But that's why El Caucho works so well is because El Caucho is a full goddamn giant love seat yeah, away heavy. from the bike it, that's hauling it. So it does like to hug the ground. It works really well. The engineering behind El Caucho is genius. And if you don't know what El Caucho is, Google El Caucho. It's spelled like you think it is. Or Google El Caucho shoots flaming balls. Because that's another good one, too. But that gives you an idea of the utility that a sidecar can be for bringing joy and love to hundreds of people. So, yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Dan thinks he's walking into a fucking saloon in the old west. <laughs> yeah, we get swinging doors in the bathroom. Jeez, man. <laughs> swinging doors in the bathroom would be hilarious. Because then you'd see the people's feet underneath them. Yeah. yeah. Just like the, the bar room swinging doors. The best would be if they take a shit. You'd just see their fucking underwear sitting down there. We've all been in men's toilets. Yeah. These aren't Europeans' toilets. But yeah, so that's that. Okay. So all European? I'm a peeing. We're all a peeing. Uh, all the little baby peeings. So topic that we had to come up with this week. Well, we didn't come up with it. It came up to us. So we didn't so much go find a topic as a topic found us. Yes. So I think we're going to preface this podcast by calling it Check Your Nuts. Mm-hmm. Dan, especially, check his nuts twice. I just did. They're still there. It's important. <laughs> Dan looks like he's going into bowling league with two 16 pounders. <laughs> uh, so this week, I got a phone call from Chris. <laughs> Chris, explain the situation. No. <laughs> oh. He came about it honestly. Oh man, pipe it up, man. Let's go. Tell, go tell him. I mean, you know, you can say what well, happened. It, well, just just the facts as they presented themselves. Yeah, yeah. right into I'm the microphone. On a Janus, on ninety going east, two hundred and fifty cc's. Yeah, full two fifty. A full, but this is but this is a this is a board and stroke two fifty. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this is a tuned so, a tuned two fifty. About four or five miles down the road, I look in the rearview mirror and I see smoke. And go, oh fuck! That's I wonder if that's from me. Yeah, that's, not, that's <laughs> the not Canadian good. wildfires are really killing us down here. 
That guy's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and I, uh, I look down at my right boot, and it's uh, covered in oil. Water repellent. So the last time I had a right boot covered in oil. Uh, it cost it, you a super hawk. Yeah, a, a 305. <laughs> Boy, was I in trouble on that one. So I thought, fuck's sake. All right, Jesus Christ, what? Fuck. So I just got off immediately. No way. No way. <laughs> That's going to be a copyright violation. <laughs> for that. All right. So, so I pulled over and looked down, and it was just leaking oil like... Pretty like heavy, like legitimately, like, like, like a professional. It did. lost a lot of oil, mm. and he had most of it on his arrow stitch. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The lower third of the arrow stitch pants now are uh, are waterproof. waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> I think it duck's ass. Eating <laughs> off. And yeah, so they're not going to rust for years. No, good. You're going to be good. So uh, I'm looking at this. Fuck. And luckily, I'm not that far from the shop, so I okay. called Renee, and Renee Next. got a hold of Phil. Yeah. I'll, I'll drink that. I dropped a pin and sent it to Phil. <laughs> and a few minutes later, you showed up. Yeah, uh, that's the exact same spot, by the way. That exact same location where you were on the side of the road is where one of our near and dear customers from years ago, this guy that ran a place called Ohio City Pizza. Um, this guy, his name is Dave Fogel. And he would buy a bike from us, and then he would pimp it the fuck out. I like Oh, were you really? <laughs> this guy was a uh, this guy was a magical human being, but he was a true vulgarian. Nobody I've met has ever been so artistic with the profanity <laughs> as Dave fucking Fogel. <laughs> and uh, but he broke down in that exact same spot where you were. He had a he had a crash on one of his bikes, and so I was like, when I pulled up and you were right where you were, I was like, Jesus Christ! Dave had laid out a bike that he'd. He bought a five or six thousand dollar bike from us, and then spent about three thousand dollars customizing it, and then got cut off in a bad thing in traffic in that neighborhood, and got he got blown up like he got smooshed, and so he called me before he called nine one one, because his bike was such a like his love child, like he loved that bike, and he had a Honda Silverwing that was painted metallic orange custom paint with an ostrich skin seat. I shit you not. Mm-hmm. Way over the top, buddy. But anyway, when you called me and, and when I saw that pin, I was like, oh my God, he's in the exact same spot Dave Fogel was. So I pull up and he has got the Exxon Valdez going on. <laughs> there is a oil slick leading up to his bike. I didn't need to follow the pin. I could have just followed the stripe of oil wow. from the freeway to where he was. It was not a minor leak. It was legit. But strange as it was... And I mean, the whole motor's covered with oil. The whole cases are covered with oil. And the leather, hand-tooled Amish leather bags are now waterproof because they've been... Oiled. Mink-oiled. That's probably, that gives it some character. It does give it some character. They're not that bad, though. So, but I pull up and I had thought... So when I saw the amount of oil, I thought the rod had come out of the bottom of the motor. Yeah, right. we've seen that. You know, a pushrod motor... Not on hopped up motor, no hopped, less. Recently oh, hopped yeah. up. Yeah. Recently hopped up motor. Right, Doing right. 90. At least. 
<laughs> on one wheel 12 o'clock on a bike from the 20s yeah the, the 2020s uh so the uh they only had 12 hours the roaring, the roaring 20s yeah so it was so fucking it, there was so much oil i was like well this is scattered clearly yeah but i'm looking at the bike and i can't see any hole in the motor right where all the oil has escaped from and i can't even see a hole in the side of the piston where the oil has escaped from Oh, this will be good. John? Was this after it was laying on its side, after the wreck? After rut work. Oh, you said he wrecked it. No, he didn't two, wreck it. Two different conversations. Oh, we're, two talking, different, oh, we're, we're talking about him. Oh, I thought you were talking about... No, not Dave anymore. Mr. Foley. No, this is... We're talking about oh. Mr. Smith. Oh. So Mr. Smith's motor has covered in oil. The ground is covered in oil. Huh. His pants are covered with oil. His boot is covered with oil. Everything's oily. But I can't see the hole in the motor where the oil came out. There's wildlife protesting. I, again, absolutely first thing I thought, too, because like we know that on these vehicles, breather tube recycles into an air box or probably should go into a catch can. And I believe we've talked about that. Or the dipstick blew out. Or the dipstick blew out. Exactly. That's what, Or if it had a sight glass, like a Benelli TNT oh, yeah. or a BMW, I've seen these sight glasses explode under... Maybe somebody put a little too much oil in there, like two quarts where one quart should be kind of thing. I've seen that happen. I've also seen BMW RT1100s pop that sight glass out under mild acceleration. Well, because they, they either have yeah. the clip yeah. or they have the O-ring that holds them there under pressure. Right. And yeah. They just go away, out. right? They, yeah. Once the bike's 15 years old, it Pop poops out, right? Yeah. And all, all your oil goes on your boot. Yeah. And if you're a BMW rider, you know what that looks like. Yeah. So here we are, but I couldn't find the hole at all. And his motor had looked like you just pulled it out of a vat of oil. Yeah. So it was evenly fucked. Like it was evenly oiled. So it was so weird. Loose valve cover? Bing, 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 bing. I reached down and I grabbed one of those nice chromium valve cover bolts and it was finger loose. Oh no. And so were all four. Okay, guys, here we go. Pick the bike up. Oh, and another critical thing. As Chris, Chris pointed out, he goes, oh, by the way, this motor's got a sight glass on it. He puts the bike vertical, and there's still oil in the bottom end of the motor. Huh. That's good. That's fucking fantastic is oh, what yeah. that is. That is fantastic, because then that means whatever oil he lost was unnecessary oil. Wasn't it was all of it. Extra oil. <laughs> because he had enough oil to be visible in the sight class. Right. Okay. Not enough to cover both boots and both pants. <laughs> or seize the motor. Yeah. Right. So that was a good thing. So when he, when he showed me that there was oil in the sight class, I was like, well, now this whole thing changes. Because you haven't exploded your motor, but you have lost motor integrity. Mm-hmm. Right, you've lost your, your your internal combustion engine is trying to become an external combustion engine, right. but that's okay. As I then started manipulating other things with my fingers, as I diddled it more, I found more and more things that were finger tight, more and more things. Now I know that he just had this motor top end replaced mm-hmm. with a hot rod kit. What I didn't know was how many miles you'd put on the bike since you had the top end replaced. But you said you did the DGR on it, right? Yeah. Did you do any other riding on it? It's probably a total of 650. 
50 miles. Okay, so there we go. Yeah, that's okay. time to retighten the new All right, guys, now we're going to get into the topic of tonight's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because it wasn't a day after, no, a day before I picked you up, that one of our podcast listeners who bought the motorcycle that I brought to the show tonight that you all rode, mm-hmm. the genuine G400C, one of our customers bought one of those. And in a very, a relatively short period of time after buying it, the nut that holds his rear shock absorber on left the building. And that, the phone called to me and I said, well, then you need to go to the hardware store right now and buy another one of those nuts and put that nut on with Loctite tightly. And it's a big nut and it's a big fucking nut. Mm -hmm. It's like an M12 or an M10 by 125. Mm -hmm. It's a big fucking nut. And he did. And he, he sallied forth to the hardware store. He bought a nut and he put one on. But that action of him putting that nut on correctly stimulated him to checking the other ones. And when impressive he, these days. Most people be like, oh, it's done now. He's an older fellow. Okay. So oh, he, you know, that's it. exactly. So he was at a time when people read owner's manuals. Right. right? So he did check. And as he, as he went around his bike, his brand new bike that he just bought, he discovered a number of loose fasteners. And without saying Cleveland Moto is a bunch of fuck-ups and sold me a bike with a bunch of loose fasteners, he said, hey, you guys might want to look into that. And it just so happens that it's coincidental that Chris also experienced a bevy of loose nuts, Mm -hmm. a handful of loose fasteners, right? Not like Dan's loose fastener, but (laughs) more like just regular old loose loose nuts. See, now this year's the time of year where everything was cold over the winter. And now that the temperature has warmed up and has expanded, everything's coming loose. If you you look Mm -hmm. at the bike you brought this evening, you're talking about the nuts on the the rear shock absorber. Yep. If you look, there is a yellow mark right across the top of Witness that, which marks. means yep. at the factory torqued. They torqued it. It is perfect. And they marked it. Stock and stock. Right. That's which exactly means right. that when I pull it out and yeah. I look at it, right. that's torqued. That's, that's factory. Torqued. We're that's good to done. go. Yep. Now, Tom can only work on the bike that's in front of Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom cannot work on the bike that's going to be in six hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Yep. The guy that did his top end can't he can work on the top end he's got in front of him right now he can't work on the top end that's going to exist in 600 miles and this is where this podcast is going to hit home because we have to acknowledge that in this very popular topic with liza buying her amigo scooter her amigo uh ct70 clone or trail 70 clone and all these people that are buying these, like, oh, these, this KTM is, this KTM 390 is the best thing I've ever owned. And it was cheap as chips because KTM's having their shit built for them by, my, by CF Moto now. We are going to be seeing a shit ton of Chinese metallurgy. Mm-hmm. We all are. If, if we went in the Wayback Machine and we bought a 1990 Honda GB500 and we bought that motorcycle at the dealership and we jumped on that motorcycle and we drove it like an idiot to Denver, Colorado from Cleveland, you know, thousand miles. We wouldn't expect that that Honda would need to have every single fastener on it torqued down again. I want you to think about this. You have a factory in China. Yeah. And you're working at that factory in China. Mm-hmm. 
when you're building motors, you're building these bikes. Yep. You're fully aware of the metallurgy, the aluminum, that you're gadugadugging a screw. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. So you started out and you built the first couple and it went gadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugadugad
it will not match the threads anymore because the threads have stretched. And when you're putting into hole number three and you're tightening it down to hole number three, those don't match up anymore. The 1.5 pitch might be a 1.0 pitch now. It may have pulled the pitch of the threads. And now when you're going in there, you're actually counter. You're literally cross-threading it. And then it snaps right off. But now it's a motherfucker to get out because it is literally cross-threaded in a hole that it came out of. And we've seen that happen. Now, when you get into Chinese metallurgy, there, everything goes out the window because the stretch on this shit is phenomenal. It's off the charts. So when you torque something down, there's a rule that I was taught at a very young age building motors that there's five heat cycles. And that means no more than 20 minutes of, of work on the engine, cool it down, and then torque it again. Mm-hmm. So when you do any job, and I'm talking about putting a top end on a Yamaha motor from the 80s, I still go out and heat cycle, heat cycle the thing five times, and then I get my wrench out, and I just give it a little snug, a little snug. Maybe I don't have the torque wrench on, but I just give it a little snug. And sometimes it's an eighth of a turn, sometimes it's a quarter of a turn. And the tip is, if you're using Loctite or any other type of a thread locker, you don't need to use the red Loctite. You don't need to use the blue Loctite. The green Loctite is for frequent reassembly, and it works just fine. Put that on, and that allows you to go to your maximum torque on your bolt. And if you read the package, it actually lets you go about 10 to 20% further than the maximum torque. So if you have 20 uh, foot-pounds allowed on that fastener, you might be allowed to go to like 22 Right, not that that's mad, not that that matters, but think about it. What Chris found out, six hundred some miles after that top end was installed, his every fastener that the person that that is a professional that the person put on the vehicle, every fastener, every single one of them that I could touch had backed out. Well, I mean, also think about it, man. That's a <coughs> So it's a thumper. So it's yeah. all that thumping going on yeah. and heat cycles. Heat cycles like crazy yeah. and a lot of vibration. It's a rigid back end bike. Yeah. Now you did a Chinese bike mm-hmm. and you oh, went into it knowing that before you could ride it, you were going to have to make a hardware order. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Because your, your research that you did into that very, very, very affordable Chinese bike Every single person who'd done anything with them had said what? Yeah, change all the important bolts. So I changed the axles, the swing arm um, bolt, all the motor mounts. Mm-hmm. Not the the bolts for the motor mounts. Um, uh, I said the axles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the bolts that hold the brakes on yeah. because, you know, you don't want those snapping and breaking off. Yeah. But, like, the rest of it wasn't horrible like right. after you did that but like you're saying you had to do the prep work like right. i took the oil out i changed right. oil immediately i double checked all the bolts a lot of the bolts were loose right um i did just like you're saying i heat cycled the motor like three times yep. and then and then torqued it down again i torqued it but i didn't torque it right because i was scared to torque it you know what i'm There's saying a, yeah. holy shit oh yeah that's a good statement when you look at a fastener and you go okay this is supposed to be 26 foot pounds now you know what scares me most? Yellow bolts? Nope. Oh. Chromed bolts. Chromed yeah, bolts. Yeah. Yes. Because that's hiding everything. <laughs> well, and there's a yeah. lot of them. There's a there's lot, a lot of them. on the grip. Anytime, anytime a bolt bolts. is chrome plated, yeah. I'm like, I can't yeah. trust that. <laughs> and the Chinese figured out the Chinese figured out about 10 years ago that 
that grade eight bolts have a yellow cast to them. Yeah. yeah. So they started making bolts out of an alloy yeah. that has a yellow cast to it. Right. Well, there's probably one guy in a booth somewhere that just paints this the bolts. Paints the bolts <laughs> yellow. <laughs> Because well, they do. That's the joke about the wrench, yeah. though. The, yeah. the wrenches that say drop yeah. forged. Mm-hmm. There's some guy named Forge that just drops them. Right he just drops them. <laughs> yeah. the, this, this is a real thing. So if your motorcycle has Chinesium parts on it, now this isn't just meaning, oh, well, I'm okay. I got a Grom. No, your Grom's made in China, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's okay. I got a, you know. Right cow- next to the boom Vader. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait a second. But I've got a, I got a, you know, I got a Kawasaki KLR650. I'm safe. Well, no, no. Because the things that you bought on Amazon or the things that you bought on eBay or the things that you bought wherever, right? Those things you bought that you bolted onto your bike, the hardware that came with them is probably from China. Yeah, right. And if it has a yellow cast to it and a number eight on it, it doesn't mean it's grade eight hardware. Mm. It just means it has a yellow cast and there's a number eight stamped on it. And if you get on there to the 32 foot pounds that it's recommended for uh, you know, an M10 fastener, then you're going to, you nailed it when you said, I'm afraid of tightening it. Yeah. To the max. Yeah, yeah. No, you can feel it, man. Oh, it's weird. Like, after you've worked with some of those oh, yeah. things, you can feel it almost. They like, soften up a little before they go. They do, but you can almost feel like it, yeah. like the head moves. Yes. Like, just oh, a yeah. little bit. And you're like, okay, fuck it. Stop I have never. Stop now. Yeah, and oh, I'm yeah. never right. taking this off yeah. ever again. It just yeah. lives here now. And so. Yeah. No, you take it out and put a real bolt in. Well, no, yeah. But if, right. but if it's a thing where you're like. like or as we all have learned, like, engine casings aren't made out of the same things engine casings used to be made out of. No. So if we take a casing bolt, if we're putting case halves on or we're putting uh, the side, you know, alternator cover or something, primary cover on a vehicle, and it's going into a blind hole, and that's going into a blind hole that's like a fucking, you know, M6 or something, little tiny scary thing like that, and we're putting that on, like, you talk about no Dugga Duggas, but I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like John is right, four inch handle only. There's, yeah, there's a yeah. Um, there was yeah. a rule of thumb. There was there was an article I read a long time ago. Yeah, and this is depending on the number of fingers you use yeah. determines yeah. how many inch pounds of torque. You oh get. my god! Yeah, and he said you know basically one finger right. one finger tight is about six to eight pe- eight foot pounds. Eight foot pounds. Yeah, and okay. for example, yeah. Ves- right. Vespa carburetor bolts. Yeah, yeah. ten to eleven pounds. Yeah. No more. No, they're vel- they're made of velvetium. Right. They're yep. made of velvetium. And, and a lot of that stuff. Yeah. That's that's three fingers mm-hmm. and that's it. And because the worse than the actual fastener failing is it pulling the threads oh, out of yeah. the case. Because there are so many applications where a speed cert, a time cert, a helicoil oh, yeah. aren't really practical. I've, I've <laughs> got stellar cases because yep. galore that have yep. had threads pulled out of the top of. Yep. Check this out. So, like, you know, like when you have an old, like an old Honda or an old yeah. whatever, and you have to use the impact GIS thing, right? Where you hit it and it yeah. turns it, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I had a little while ago. I bought just for like a week. I had this thing. It was a, uh, it was a clone, a, a, a Trail Seventy clone, right? And I was gonna take the side of the case off because the clutch was acting. That's what Lise has got right now, the Amigo. Okay, so check right. this out. So I saw the bolt and it was kind of rough. I'm like, okay. So I pulled out the impact driver yeah. and I hit it. Yeah. And this, the bottom of the case broke off. And I didn't, oh. I mean, that's what it was, you know, that's you what the case lump. Yes. Like the like, lump like where they the put bottom. the casting in. Like, yeah. So the screw to hole, hold the bolt, oh, the God. screw hole went here. So the bottom, 
So when I hit it, it cracked here. So the and casing here. material was made out of such a fucking cheap, hollow, porous alloy. Yeah, that, that it couldn't. It, it couldn't, couldn't take, take one hit. What you're supposed to use, right. the impact, to, yeah, to remove it. To remove it. <laughs> oh, fuck me running. Yeah, some of those are really bad. They're man. really cheesy. So yeah. that's an interesting thing. So in Chris's case, in his particular motorcycle's case, he dodged a bullet because he felt the oil or saw the oil smoke or whatever, and he got the thing shut down, and now. Tom, oh yeah, we're gonna go through it. And we're just gonna, you know, we'll we're gonna, it up. we're gonna snug everything up, and then hit it with brake cleaner. Right, but my <laughs> issue, my issue is, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. I know. Especially not on that engine. You now, know, also, see I don't all know the paint fall off of it. I was gonna say, I don't know if that paint. Can it's all gonna fall gotta, off of it. Like, no, yeah. we're not going yeah. any any stronger than Dove soap on this yeah. thing. Okay. Put a fresh coat of paint over the. <laughs> It'll make it authentic. Yeah, you should just leave it all oiled up so it That's looks like a board track like, race. It would like a board track race. It really looks like a bike from the 20s. Yeah. Um this is so in the future. If you ever do something, if you're ever putting a top end on, if you're ever doing anything, um uh, I have read motor engine building manuals from different manufacturers. I think it was Kawasaki, maybe Yamaha, that said you go until it is a certain torque value, and then you go one eighth of a turn. Quarter, quarter of a turn for Yamaha. Was it Vespa? Uh, the GTS two fifty was a quarter, right yeah, there. plus a quarter. I made that yeah. mistake. I torqued yeah. them all down, but you didn't go the extra quarter. And, the and, extra. I started, and I put some coolant in it or something. Yeah. I started pu- puking out. I'm like. Fuck, I do wrong. So right. I went back and read the instructions yeah. again. Yeah, a lot of them will and tell like, you. Oh, yeah. it's tighten it to like 17 foot pounds. And then add quarter. a quarter. Plus like yeah. nine degrees or right. something. Exactly. Yeah. Something weird. So that's a very common thing that you'll see. And that's why when you go back and chase those a, a month or so after you do the build or five heat cycles, um, my thing always was I would never relinquish the vehicle to the customer until I'd done five good heat cycles on it. Mm. Because then I would do five heat cycles on it. Sometimes you don't have the time, but I would do the five heat cycles and then I would just chase it around. And you don't need a good, you do not need a good torque wrench. What you need is the acknowledgement of saying it was snug, but after five heat cycles, it needs to be snugged up. And if you do that, it will help you. It'll save you so many times. Well, just think if you've built a motor and you have new base gaskets and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that vibration of the motor is going to compact that mm-hmm. face gas a little bit, and you're going to lose some. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, that's true, too. And about that. And your head gasket. Yes. Everybody needs to understand that every piece of hardware that you're installing on these motorcycles, not on battleships, on these motorcycles, stretches. And I know it sounds like a bizarre concept, but when you put an M10... You take an M10 bolt, metric 10 millimeter bolt, and you put a, a 14 or you know 17 millimeter nut on the end of it, and you tighten that down, I bet you you didn't realize that you are applying thousands of pounds of helical force. Yeah, I mean, isn't that part of the design? That like is. They're supposed oh, yeah. to stretch a little bit. That's what holds them in right. place. That's a whole science. With it is. Well, race uh, motors, V8s, and stuff like yep. that. With, Those guys have a certain amount of, they know the stretch. Right. Without going into great detail, I've got to hear a conversation the past couple of days about mm. what's called scragging a scragging. spring. Yep. And I had never heard scragging. Yep. But apparently this is the process after you have you, to, of pre-tensioning a spring 
and taking all the initial flex out of it so it reaches a consistent right consistent rate. Right. Yeah. You're taking up the sack. Exactly. Yep. And right. you know, that's that's this thing is mm -hmm. that you're these bolts come from the factory fresh. Fresh. Absolutely brand new. And you tighten them down once, they're gonna stretch. You are changing them forever. Yeah. And so when you reuse hardware, you are taking a chance that the hardware that you're using is giving you odd shaped thread that you're gonna run into. When you run that nut down, let's let let's use let's use case, let's use uh Cylinder bolts, cylinder studs. They're yeah. long, right? Big, long-ass cylinder studs. Let's use that as an example. The first time you run those down on virgin studs, they're, they're going to be as long as they're going to be. Boom, they're done. Now, you run that motor for any period of time, any period of time, six hours, six years. What I can guarantee is when I come up to that motor and I hit those nuts, they're going to have a, some room in them. They're not going to be 18 foot-pounds of torque or 24 foot-pounds like they were when we installed them. Oh, every kit I've ever installed says, like, after one hour, heat yep. two heat Snug cycles, up, one baby. hour, yeah, Snug you got to re-torque them. them. Now, here's the trick. That bolt, as evidence of this, is no longer the same bolt it was when it left the box mm -mm. at the factory. Reusing that bolt again, you are not starting off with the same numbers. Mm -mm. And... Keep in mind that if you are going to reuse those, what some people believe to be the intrinsic original parts of the motor, the, the cylinder studs, if you're going to use those again and not buy new ones, that you are never going to know when it's tight because you are pulling it beyond where it was originally designed to be pulled every single time you rebuild that top end. Now for four stroke owners, it's not a big deal, but for two stroke owners, that could be every 6,000 miles. Yeah. That could be every 12 races. Well, Vespa. Yeah. Specifies. When they start, yep. you know, when they started coming out, they now they've changed the nuts, mm -hmm. but they specify every time you yep. do a variator, yep. variator belt change, yep. roller weights and, yep. and shockers or the shockers. Yep. Sliders. Yep. Um, that you change the nut on the variant. Absolutely. Variator. Every right. single time. If you reuse no those, they will back off. Yeah. Mm. And Tom has found it out. I found it out. Oh, yeah. Because it's this giant fucking 17, you know, the thread yep. is 17 millimeters. Yep. It's a big giant nut. And you're like, what the, how could that giant, ridiculously big fucking nut become disfigured? But it actually does become disfigured so often that using reusing a piece of hardware that costs three dollars, yep, that fucker's that big. I guarantee, if you do that job in your garage, it's coming off, and it's going to come off when you're going sixty-five miles an hour down the freeway. And that's your crank, literally the end of your crankshaft. Yep. Uh, Replacing yep. that nut takes I, two minutes, and replacing it, a crankshaft <laughs> takes six hours. Well, it's you know if. <laughs> You're lucky. Yes. I break out the big giant die and and run it down. You know, you're never that lucky. Thread and you're never that never lucky. that lucky. So when you reuse, when you're going to rebuild your motor, when you're going to rebuild your transmission, any opportunity that you have to spend a couple of bucks and buy a brand yep. new piece of hardware, you should fucking oh, yeah. do it. Uh, most it most makes, companies will even tell you do not reuse it. You do not reuse head bolts when you rebuild a motor. If you look into the owner of the service manual of these things, it will generally warn you off of that. Yep. Most people don't. Nope. And uh, 
I think with Chris's bike and I think with uh, this bike that we're experiencing, the genuine that our customer has, the G400, yeah. Yeah. I think that all of that is amplified because of the country of origin. Yeah. Mm. And I think we're going to see that with, how do you put, put it nicely? Some of these high-end brands that are having their motors manufactured in China, even though you might have a high-end brand, even though it might say BMW on the cases or something like that, or KTM on the cases, I think that that's a thing that we might have to consider if you're a user, if you're an end user. Where does this come into play? Oh, I just bought my KTM 390. I just got my Husqvarna 401. Okay, cool. You're having fun with it? I love it. Are you going to take it back to your dealer for its 600-mile service? Yeah, I am. Great. Cool. When you take it back to the dealer for your 600 mile service and you give the man whatever money he's going to charge you, when you get it back from your dealer, I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody. Check some of them. Go ahead. Get out your little, get out my first socket set. Get it out, that one that you got as a stocking suffer, and just go over some of the pieces of hardware. If, they're, if some of them are loose, it's not that bad to give them a call and say, hey, man, can you, can you go over this for me, hmm. right? And they might go, ah, oh, shit, you know, sorry, bring it in, we'll go over it for you. Because I would always rather say, sorry, bring it in, I'll go over it for you, and we'll go over everything. Full disclaimer? Yeah. Don't break the bolts. Yeah. Because snugging it up is a lot yep. different from torquing it down. And that's absolutely true. And the last thing true. you want to do is have me You have to bolt. start over again. <laughs> and, and that is... And that, and Sleepy said that too when he said he's frightened of he's frightened of yeah, you can snapping them off yeah. because if you get on there and you're ham fisted with a 12 inch handle or an eight inch handle on the three eighths inch drive wrench you might think you're just snugging up a valve cover bolt and then that fucker comes off and then you know Tink. what else sucks yeah well that's, that's a fucking terrible job yeah you know what else sucks though is that yeah. if the metal is that shitty in the bolt. Easy outs and shit. They don't, don't work. work. You know? You <laughs> know? Yeah. I have, I have. My favorite thing's a reverse drill bit. Yeah, but that doesn't <laughs> work. Tom, Tom, Tom learned about Right there. Tom learned about so, it. So living in New Orleans for 20 years, you don't ever get to back out a bolt. You might as well throw the whole bike in You're the river corroded. and call it a freaking day because it is not going to, that bolt is never coming out. I pride myself on my left-hand drill bit. So I, sure enough, I'm putting on a front rack. On a, yeah. this, I have been fighting this thing. For, he can tell you, I've, been, I've fought this thing all day. Every No, no part of metal lined up on oh, this no, fucking bike. No, no, Shit no. was off bike. It was like a Royal Enfield. I, I I I, re- I I got out the ratchet straps. Okay. I'm trying to tighten this thing it's together, not working. and it is just fighting me. So it's got this bolt that you attach yeah. inside the leg shield. It's ten so inches it's away. buried four it's inches terrible. down into the leg shield yeah. through a tiny yeah. hole. Yeah. And sure enough, I tightened it down, and all of a sudden you hear a snap, and I went, "I am going to have to beat this thing with a hammer." Yeah. And drag yeah. half the half the front end of this, and it's a yeah. Vespa. It, yeah. This is a Vespa. I'm gonna have to tear the whole front end off this Vespa. It will never come apart. Right. This is not coming back out. Right. It is four inches buried inside of the bike, and I go out and get the left handed left handed reverse drill bits. Yeah, and I'm looking at this thing going, "This is never gonna work." <laughs> and sure enough, just like butter came right up. You know, if you don't own a set of left handed <laughs> drill bits. My hat's off to you. You've had a very fucking, like, very fucking beautiful life, man. Because uh, otherwise, you got to have some left-handed drill bits. So oh, yeah. I had a very important thought. Yeah. So we were talking about Chris's bike before. Yeah. And it's all covered in oil. And everybody yeah. said, oh, yeah, like the old guys, right? right, the old right, movie, yeah. right? Yeah. 
So I started thinking, because that happens sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> every picture I've ever seen of those dudes back then, yeah, like they were all wearing white. And yet they rode like total loss oil. I love the white sweaters. Yeah, with white gloves and white oh, yeah. everything. The tan, light color. Yeah, so pants. think it would be like you riding your bike having a problem, but that's right. just riding your bike. Yeah, every day. yeah but <laughs> like that was it. Every just oil school. Every picture. Every picture. He every might see later. As, as much as it seemed exotic, he couldn't have lost more than a pint of oil. <laughs> I'm seriously because there was still oil in his side class, right, right. and his motor, his engine holds about a liter, right? So. Even if his over, motor was overfilled, he lost a pint, right. right? So if his motor was overfilled, a little oil looks like a lot of oil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you cover a duck in a little bit of oil, it looks like a lot of oil. Yeah, one dot right. will fucking um, yeah. rainbow up a whole... A forever. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I really feel, I, I feel oh. like that, you know, <laughs> this weird thing about the Chineseum yeah. that we've learned about, there's more Chineseum in more places. Oh, yeah. And like... Uh, the uh, the other tip when you said don't break it off is a good like the don't break oh, it off yeah. but keep in mind snugging it is clockwise if you're going to back it off to take another run at it you've just taken away anything that we put in it yeah right okay so like the second you're like when I tell you to snug it that means you're only going in the clockwise direction right. if you like I'm going to back it off and take another run at it no you got to start over now yeah. Yep. You literally are just, you are now taking all the tension off of that fastener and reapplying it. So now you're taking what was a snug and putting it into a unstretch and restretch. Yeah. So you just walked backwards. So that is a safety tip is don't go anti-clockwise, go clockwise right. to snug it up. Snugging it up literally is snugging it up. And if you do want to chase over your whole bike with the four inch ratchet handle, yeah, rock on. Quarter inch drive, yeah. short ratchet handle. Um, you know, Jim Starkey says that the Misfits. He likes. He likes. That's how he likes to go after stuff. Yeah, and going after it that way, if you don't have a torque wrench, is a really good idea. Yeah, because you're not. There's. I don't. Unless you're John. John might still be able to break shit. Yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. There's no right. doubt about that. But that is that is 100. percent I like when you're trying to get something apart and you're just like, oh, it's got to be broken. This isn't going to come off. This is not going to come off. Just break it. Just, yeah. <laughs> just fucking break it. Just, just, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so many times you can spin it. And I've done it on, on bikes, you know, where you're turning something. You're like, okay, I got some thread there. And then you're like, oh yeah, I totally got thread there. And then it gets easier and you're like, fuck. I love it when it's like a rusty bolt and nut and everything. I'm like, it's going to take forever to, I'm just like over because you heat yeah. it up, yeah. it swells yeah. up. It swells up. <laughs> the, the worst, here's the worst. The worst is when there's a plastic panel with a metal bolt going through and yes. you think you're into oh, like another piece no, of no, metal. No, 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 But it's one of them shitty fucking metal clippy things. It's a tinnamon clip. Yeah, oh. that's fucking like rusted yeah. to the thing. So it's, you extra thing and then it starts spinning in the holder and now you're fucked. And yeah. you're just fucked. Like you have to get saws involved. That might as well be called the Chinese curse. Yeah, right. That might as well be called fake chrome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that episode of that story is yeah. that's where the piece of chrome used to be. Right. Oh my fucking god, I hate those. Those fucking suck. And because they're always put in at a weird angle anyway. Yeah. You always cross thread them. Totally. And then as soon as you got that thing cross threaded, you're like. I'll just give it a one gadugga. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. One gadugga. And then it gets spins. No, no, it's gone. Yeah. No, no, no. If you're using, if you're using your DeWalt, if you're using your Makita, 
If you're using your God forbid Ryobi, <laughs> if you're using that to install a thing on your motorcycle, <sighs> you've earned it. <laughs> I, you know, everything that happens after that was your own fault because they make T handles in every fucking shape, size ever. I, I always get, I get the heebie jeebies. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I get the, I do. It seriously bums me out when I see people take all these like power shit yeah, 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 right. and they're driving stuff into plastic. Like it's like a, yeah. a self tapping right. screw into oh, plastic yeah. and they're just like, yeah. and I'm like, ah, like that's never, that's done. You, it's never staying there. There's no tension. Been around the block times. He's got that thing finally calibrated. Okay. He, he just got his trigger finger perfectly exactly. calibrated. He goes in and one one hammer, one hammer hit. I can shoot a screw in the flimsy ass drywall and not strip it. And not strip it. He's got that shit dialed in. At the factory, so you guys just just for fun, just for funsies, in every modern assembly factory, including the Chinese ones, every single impact driver, right? Every tool that drives a bolt into a hole does three things. There are the fancy ones that have a laser indexer on them so that when you're holding the tool, it knows where you are on the machine. Oh, yeah. And it knows what torque to give that particular hole because of an X, Y, and Z axis. Yeah, it's crazy. I've seen those at the Zero Factory, and that shit is amazing. But even the shitty ones, they all have two knobs on them. And the two knobs do two things. The two knobs do a torque but going into it Mm -hmm. so that if it's cross-threaded, the tool gives up. So the tool knows that the tool is only allowed to go to 12 pounds of torque. There's an idea. Don't use your impactor. Right. Use a regular drill. And put it on the 12. And put it on the one or the two or the three. Exactly. Just Just run it in. Yeah. And then tighten it. Oh, yeah. That's what I do. That's that's my whole thing at the shop. I just run them in with a drill on the low torque setting, and it's fine. Because it has a clutch. Because it has a clutch. And you can't fuck it. Now, at the factory, when they assemble these, even the factories in China, there are tools that do the assembly, will turn them in, but the second they run into more than 8 or 10 or 12 pounds of torque, that tool stops working. And that's to call attention to the guy installing it that he's got something cross-threaded or what have you. And I thought that was really cool when I learned about that, because it gives the guy the opportunity to back the thing out, take another shot at it, and run it back in. And we have all have worked on bikes before, where we know that only half the threads we were going at were virgin threads. Because bad day at the shop, right? Bad day at the factory. But here's something I didn't know about until recently, is that these tools also have a counter on them. And it's mechanical counter that has a little check on it. You can screw it in or screw it out, depending on how many turns you want to have. And when you put this tool on and the guy at the factory is building your motor, it allows the fastener to go in the exact number of turns that they want it to go in. Therefore... If you've stripped it. Oh, it doesn't fucking care. It doesn't care. If you've stripped it or if it overshoots, it's not going to drill too deep into the cases, thereby penetrating through a blind hole. Right. It's just the five turns. It's going to do five turns and stop. So this way, if you launch it incorrectly and it starts cheesing out the top of the hole, as soon as it does five turns, it's done. Yeah. And when you're putting something into a blind hole, as soon as it does five turns, it's done. It will not... So that takes the stupid out of the operator. So if we can remove the stupid from the guy who's installing it at the factory to begin with, 
Now, I'm not saying it's the full zero quality thing where like the zero thing knows where the wrench is and says, okay, that hole gets eight pounds of torque and it gets 2.65 turns. But stupid's all I got. Stupid's what I got. Okay, a little bit about zero. You guys know recently Zero's been through some shit because Zero decided to say like, okay, I'm going to sell you a bike, but then I'm going to sell you some features for the bike that you can install later through your phone, right? Should you choose to spend the money? And people said, no, that's like putting things behind a paywall or whatever and subscription-based. Well, Zero's not subscription-based. It's you own it forever should you decide to put reverse on your scooter, on your motorcycle. That's fine. You want reverse on your motorcycle, 225 bucks. It goes on. It stays on forever. It's that. It's part of the thing. But you didn't pay the 225 when you bought it. The bike came with reverse can be put into it, but it doesn't have reverse in it at the moment. Right. Zero just did something that I'm incredibly impressed by. Zero just went right to repair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Zero just opened up its archives for all of its service manuals, for all of its bikes, to be open source for any client to be able to get access to the service manuals, the service documentation for their bike and any other bike they might want to have. Zero is the first company that I'm aware of that has gone full on right to repair in the motorcycle industry. That's, I mean, uh, that's really good news for me. We're having meetings at my work right yeah. now about right to repair yep. because obviously that's a huge fucking deal when you sell performance When you parts. sell Summit Racing catalogs <laughs> yeah. to yeah. people? Yeah. Yeah. Being able to adjust your fuel injector? Yeah. Like we're like literally writing letters every week, all of us, like to congressmen and stuff, right. like, you know, saying like this is ridiculous in some yeah. ways, whatever. But like, see, that's going to be a good, because like we're supposed to bring up any kind of stuff that can help the case. Well, Correct. there you go. Zero just so did it. Zero just jumped So zero just it. did it. Because yeah. I can tell you who didn't do it. I got to go to Triumph and spend a lot of money to get my wrench turned off. Right. <laughs> I got a bright orange wrench where my <laughs> thermometer temperature setting is supposed to be. All right. Uh, because it turns out, no, I cannot turn off my wrench with the app or turn it off my wrench with the BIOS, so, you know, on the bike. So like, what if like. Is that for like one service? Because like like I'll never let anybody else change oil on my bike. Ah, ah, right? Ah, like that's then you I, must like the looks of a wrench. Really? Yeah. You can't even be like, I want to service my own bike. Congratulations, you're gonna look at a wrench. Oh. You can service your bike, sleepy. Yeah. No. Do you like how a wrench looks? <laughs> Do you like an orange wrench that pops up on your dashboard and says service required? Honestly, in that case, I'd probably wear it as a badge. As a badge of honor. Fuck yeah, I do my own shit. Right. Man. Because yeah. every single time you turn the bike on, the wrench comes up and it says you are overdue for service. It right. says that straight on the screen. Now, John noticed today that when he started up the G400C, it didn't say that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I only had I one button push. <laughs> I heard John going past our house, like past literally out in the drive. Like yeah. John's like, I'm going to take the G400 out for a squirt. And he took the G400 out for a squirt. And his first pass was like, okay. Second pass. Third pass. Fuck! Fourth pass. Fuck! I was like, oh, there you getting into it now. <laughs> it was an attack hour. I you don't have to. I wasn't redlining. Oh, you can't blow it up. It shuts itself off. It's spirited. It is. It's spirited. I now that I've ridden that thing, now I definitely want one. Like it's. I, know, it is, I can't believe they didn't. They like I can't believe they're not like an in demand like motherfuckers want them. Because genuine, genuine does not has not approached this situation with the eyes of a motorcycle company. Genuine has approached approached this with the eyes of the guys who made the buddy. I mean, dude, think right. about it, man. When you first got him, right? You made the scrambler, right? They could have fucking made the scramble. We've had them for five 
fucking years or yeah. four or five years. That bike has been in the world for four or five well, that's years. The thing. And then you go to Europe or yeah. not, you don't go, but you look yeah. what Europe yeah, has yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have a scrambler version and a yeah. fucking Mash. dirt bike right. version and a right. fucking, then you're like motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what? The product may be good. The product may be bad. The product may be indifferent, but Royal Enfield knows how to advertise. Yeah. Royal Enfield makes sure they're marketing. You said there was a class, a yeah. Royal Enfield 650 yeah. class. Motor America. There you go, yeah. right? That's somebody who wants to sell motorcycles, mm. right? That's how you do it. Now, maybe it's more viral than that. Maybe it's cheaper. Maybe it's more YouTube-y. Maybe it's more instagram right? Maybe that's what you have to do because these are not expensive motorcycles. It's a 400cc motorcycle for under $5,000, mm-hmm. right? That you can ride and it's fuel injected. It has four goddamn valves. And it's spirited. It's fun to ride. Yeah. And it's kind of what we want what this podcast was founded on. Well, you know what I felt like? I feel yeah. like a. I feel like my CB350 is a three-quarter bike. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like yeah. this is the f- one-scale version of it. You're right. You're, you, this feels like if they inflated a CB350 all the way up. Yeah. Right? If yeah. they didn't just leave a little air out of the yeah. CB350. like, dude, somebody took yeah. a picture of me in DJR this year. On the CB350. And right. it looked like it was just crawling into my ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was terrible. Well, yeah, it is true. I looked like, like a fucking gorilla sitting on a football, dude. CB- CB350s are wonderful bikes, but they are not wonderful freeway bikes, no. right? And everything on them is quarter, like you said, three quarter scale. Yeah. Whereas the G400 is a legitimately one scale motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. And if you get on it, like, okay, I've ridden way too many CB400Fs. The trick with a CB400F is you got to get on or stay on her, right? You got to keep that tack at around 9,000 all the goddamn time. Otherwise, the bike is just a horrible turd to ride. Yeah. It has no grunt at all. This bike has grunt. Yeah. Because it has ein cylinder instead of four tiny cylinders. So instead of making all the power using thousands and thousands of RPMs, it uses four very hungry valves to give you a lot of gas and a lot of air. Yeah. Like, like with one very heavy flywheel cruising it around like that. Yeah. Like I, it may, it's, I mean, I would feel confident that I could get out of trouble in traffic on yes. that bike quickly. Like and you, you drop the clutch and you give it the beans and it kind of goes, yeah. 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 And yeah. Yamaha SR 400s. And I've had a bunch of SR 400s and SR 500s. They don't do that that well. Mm-hmm. This does that better. This feels to me like what I would want a vintage three or four or 500 cc bike to feel like without any of the requisite maintenance and it sounded it was very smooth yeah compared to like my ascot there was yeah. a lot more vibration there yeah, yeah that wouldn't make your hands numb and it's got a nice tone too it doesn't sound bad either it sounds good yeah, yeah it sounds good that scrambler shit we did to ours was fucked up we never should have done that yeah. that thing we couldn't we had that weird reverse megaphone pipe that we put on there yeah. it just made it louder oh yeah it was so angry and was like, I rode it home one time and I pulled it down my street. I cut the motor at the end of my street because <laughs> I was like, my neighbors are going to be so fucking angry at me because yeah. that motor uses the same headers as the power bomb. Like, so all oh, of the yeah. Honda XR series of motorcycles, XR dirt bikes, we didn't fabricate a header for that thing. We right. just bought one off of eBay right. to build our scrambler kit. All we had to buy was the XR 400 header that they make, everybody makes. We bought one of those, and then we welded a big reverse cone megaphone pipe to it to look like Evil Knievel, Mm -hmm. right? That's all we did. 
So because that bike has essentially been the same bike since an 80s Honda dirt bike, there's all kinds of shit that fits on it. Mm -hmm. But I did, I mean, riding it around, it's a, it's a fun bike to ride around. Yeah, Yeah. It's a very well-behaved bike, and I've ridden them on the freeway all kinds of miles. And they're, well, I just they're think, yeah. listen, so people, like, all these kids went and bought CB350s or CB500s. Right, right. And they chopped them all up to be cafe racers yeah, and yeah. all this stuff, and they still got a 65, 70-mile-an-hour bike. Yeah. Maybe 80, Maybe whatever. 80, yeah. Dude, yeah, I, maybe like, 80. I'm like, man, I want to put a fucking Dunstall fairing, cut the oh, back this of this thing Oh, this is way better than any CB554 yeah, and have a fucking fuel-injected yeah. cafe racer, yeah, yeah. man. Every every single CB five fifty four or CB five hundred four I've ever owned yeah. does not have anywhere near the port poke that this bike. Has. No man, and I this bike know. is just like get on bike. And it has a Kickstarter in case you wanted to look macho in front there of someone. You, you could use the Kickstarter. You'd be like Dustin and remove the exactly. electric starter. Take the electric starter <laughs> off. I'm just going to use the man starter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So that's all pretty good. But I'm glad everybody got to take a little poke on it because uh, yeah. it is a fun bike. You forget. You forget that it's like that's a that exists. That's kind of a pure motorcycle. It doesn't have any ride modes. No, it doesn't it have any shit like that. It's got an on switch. It barely has a tripometer. <laughs> right, right. I, I have to check to see if it has a trip meter. Yeah, right. It might not. <laughs> no gas sure. gauge. It no does nothing, man. No, it's just it. It's a very pure motorcycle. Has a if, headlight. If that's your definition of pure motorcycle, it's a very pure motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot to it. Like Chris was like. Chris is like, the seat is fantastic. Yeah. I'm like, it is the shittiest foam you could buy because that's the way motorcycle seats were in the 70s. They were squishy. the right shape, though. They were marshmallowy. Like, what happened? Why? Okay. Why does every modern motorcycle manufacturer have to be like, you know what people like? Angular hard foam. I have no idea, but you're right. Like all the old bubble seats from the day, like my van van, I'll sit, I watch TV sitting on that thing, dude. If the, if the, you know what? If the motorcycle seat looks like a loaf of bread, if <laughs> yeah. it looks legitimately like a loaf of dollar twenty nine Aldi bread, <laughs> it's probably going to be awesome. It's Including probably going to be the perfect seat. The slice marks on the top yeah. is a bonus. The seat on Chris's GS four fifty, yeah, like that seat that's on his bike, is truly just a Lego. Yeah. It's a Lego wrapped in foam. Yeah, and sometimes it's, and it's weird. perfect. Like my one GS eight fifty, yeah. I don't think it has foam. I think it has like springs or something underneath there. A little bit of foam. It's faster, yeah, yeah. But yeah. dude, it fucking is great. It I'm feels like, great. Yeah. Motorcycle seats have lost all their cool. Yeah. Like they have totally given up on it. And I don't know why, other than it's just like this pure idea of like, okay, well, we're gonna save a lot of money on this part of the bike because the aftermarket. Because every dickhead can go like, I fixed my bike. I put a better seat on it. And maybe it's because they're like, okay, we don't want to throw shade on the fact that our crank is super noisy. So we're going to give it a shitty seat. So the reviewers can be like, oh, the sheets, the seat's shitty. And everybody goes, well, I can fix that. So no big deal. I don't know how every bike that ever came out from like 1960 to 80 had decent seats really good seats yeah. too. and then like, like in the 90s when yeah. they started to get dumb with all the plastic right. and angular yeah. shit they all brought in these they're like everybody wants to be a racer so let's bring in like just foam pads well but that- so if you look at the seats from like a 1981 honda cm 400t or some garbage like that it's a metal pan yeah it's this fucking big it's ridiculous it's wider than the bike is <laughs> and then it has this crazy foam in it this right. really weird like the foam that only existed inside the headrest of a 1971 ford maverick <laughs> like that level of foam and that's the foam that's in those seats it's orange colored foam 
And we all know because it dries out and it just falls through the holes and gets yeah. everywhere and fills up your air intake and ruins your motor. But like that seat, those seats were just perfect. Yeah. They were epic. But then it turned into like, oh, well, we got to make the bikes lighter. So we're going to use a plastic pan. And then we're going to use this open cell foam or closed cell foam. Okay. Even take the foam away, though. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I've never been on a vintage bike that yeah. made me fucking push my dick into the gas tank. Now Every new bike, all fucking angles shit this yes. way. When you hit the that brakes, you're slamming into stuff. Like, what the hell, dude? Kromke has to leave the room on this discussion. Because the whole idea <laughs> of... Yeah, Kropke can't even take the idea of his... No, we're, we're tuning out. We're, we're closing out here. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're going to close out. But you're absolutely right. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Put a seat on a motorcycle. Yeah. You know what's okay? It's okay for a motorcycle to have a seat. Well, the That's G400C fine. has a fucking good seat. It's got a legit so seat. It is right. a legit seat. The one thing about my G, the GS I have yeah, yeah. is it has the most comfortable lounging, right. lazy boy yeah. seat. Because the guy that I got it from... That's what he wants. Yeah, but that didn't come from the factory oh, that no, way. Exactly. All right, guys. That's all we got. We hope to see you at Mid-Ohio. Anyone else got anything else? Ride fast and take chances. Oh, you can, wait, hold on. Chris might have a joke. I think Chris has a joke. It could be. You heard about the, uh, the poetry competition. So a priest and a shepherd in Australia participate in a TV game. After answering all the questions, there's a tie. So both were given one final assignment, and that's to write a po- poem in three minutes using the word Timbuktu, <laughs> a city in Africa. The priest returns with the fruit of his inspiration, and it was, I was a father all my life. I had no children. He had no wife. I read the Bible through and through, all the way to Timbuktu. The poem makes a great impression. Everybody's cheering, going crazy. The shepherd steps up and says, when Tim and I to Brisbane went, we met three women cheap to rent. As they were three and we were two, I buck wanted Tim buck too. Yes! <laughs> Punchline only available to our to top, level top level Patreons. <laughs> All right, guys, on that, please remember to ride fast and take chances. Place out of here, John. Bum, 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 bum,